Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, November 17th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Wasn't even planning on doing a show today. In fact, I thought I was taking the day off for many different reasons, family and personal stuff and so on, and stopped by the office, in fact, and realized in a frustrated moment that I missed an interview that I had scheduled today with with somebody else on somebody else's platform. And I'll, I'll show you who he is so you can follow him and support him and so on. But his name's Jeremiah. So you can thank Jeremiah today for, for a show because it wasn't actually going to happen. And I had a lot of some a lot of this stuff kind of off to the side and lined up and researched and some new developments today were added. And I just decided to make this happen earlier in the day. And so you can thank him for that. And I'm just kind of saying that as a funny point, but also to give him a shout out because he's a great guy and I'm going to be on his show uh, coming up here soon. But I feel terrible because it was something that we had planned and I put it on the wrong day. But the show today is going to be important nonetheless. So I'm really glad that this ended up happening. Kind of a, you know, unfortunate incident, fortuitous action. It let lead to the ability to do a show today and ultimately cover the continuation of the lies around Al Shifa Hospital. And I think this is actually even more important than yesterday. Yesterday was, I mean, it's wildly transparent. The laptop, which apparently there's an additional point to that, that uh, I think it was in our, somebody in our chat brought it up earlier. I think it was KB Creations pointing out that it turns out the keys on the laptop they showed. And one of the reasons they blurted out is because it was in Hebrew, which doesn't line up with being a Hamas lab, you know, or of course could, but the point being is it's one more aspect of it that doesn't line up. But other than that, it was the point of the person they showed, the fact that they said it wasn't edited, they edited it out and on and on. The point was there was a lot of very obvious manipulation. On top of that, there was just a lot of wildly suspect actions. Now that's developed even further into just absolutely as, as we've seen many times thus far, getting caught in a blatant lie. And now even the corporate media is beginning to point out the inconsistencies, which doesn't mean that we should, that first, that that means it's true that they're caught and it's a lie because mainstream media covers it. Or that doesn't, I also, it also doesn't mean that because the mainstream media says it, that it's, uh, that therefore it's false. We, these assumptions are played against us and we should never do that. There's many reasons why BBC, who is one of the most obvious propaganda platforms I've ever seen, would suddenly start pointing these things out. And we'll get into that. And I've made this point many times in the past. It happens quite often, actually, as I've said before, that their interests just happen to align with the truth in that moment. And in this case, it could be any number of things that they realize that they're losing their following because they're so blindly following something that everyone in the world can see and are just choosing to cut their losses at this point, which they're still a business. But still, I think the propaganda is more important, or it could be that for some reason they want us to suddenly talk about it. You don't really know. But nonetheless, it still is the corporate media highlighting that Israel's lying. And I think that's important to reach the new people, people that don't know the ins and outs and the deeper conversations. But the bigger point, uh, and a shout out to uh, part, a Syrian girl in regard to a tunnel and, I, and, and others that she's been sharing this research with and people that sent stuff to her and so on, because I believe she does kind of the same thing we do. It's really obvious that this was a uh, water reservoir tunnel, which was one of the things we actually thought yesterday when we showed that weird cylindrical part that it really just looked like not what they said at the very least. And all, and again, back to that first point, even the bigger idea is that this, where's the tunnels? Where's the headquarters? Where's all the things they talked about? And when they're showing you a waiting room with like three or four guns in it, which I even miscounted yesterday, we're going to go through this again. And hopefully this will, I'm aiming to be quite frank, hour, hour and a half. 
putting myself under the gun. Let's see if we can make it happen. But ultimately, that they're caught in real time, fabricating evidence, manufacturing entire concepts. And there's a lot more than just that one point. And some of the things I want to add to it that show you what's, if you haven't yet understood or been able to discern what's really going on, in my opinion. So first off, just a shout out to, as I said, to Jeremiah. His account is Jeremiah Hosea, founder of Earth Driver. As he said this morning, that's one of the reasons why I was so frustrated is he shared out and with myself, I mean, live in 30 minutes with Ryan. And I got back to the office like an hour after this. My phone had been in the blackout pouch all day. <laughs> very, very frustrated with that. Because, you know, I look, I've made mistakes like in the past, but when it's somebody like this that I, I really appreciate his work and and the idea that it's scheduled and hold so on. I just feel terrible for that, by the way. But we'll be on there soon. So give him a shout out. Give him a follow. I do find him to be a genuine and insightful person. One other thing I told you I would point these things out, even though yesterday I said I wasn't going to talk about it anymore, but I was going to point out things like this. And this is one of those. Somebody sent me this today. Contact form on my website, not working. Donate button, not working. Help. <laughs> This is one of many things I'm getting like this. And as I said yesterday, and I'm not going to get into it, like I said, a thousand things every day that seem to happen. But my point in showing you this is if that stuff is happening, please let me know. That makes me worried now that there, all these things aren't working for other people and the donation buttons working. You know, th that, these are the things that are going to begin to happen if this is some kind of manipulation. So let me know what you're seeing. If the donate contact forms aren't working, please reach out and let me know. Mostly, you know, these days, probably on Twitter or somewhere else, because I'm not even sure if the contact form is working for me on the website. On top of that, I'll show you as we go through today that I, I'm not even able to access my own website right now in many ways. I'm having to use weird circumvention and, and my team's working on it. We don't know what's going on. One of the reasons why we want to maybe move to another server, start this process all over again. But that being said, that's just to explain why you're going to see some screenshots of my website today. This because it, it'll show up and I'll show you why when we get there. And one last thing that Derek Bros put out a great a great article today, edited by Carrie Bro, uh, uh, Carrie Wedler, excuse me, Derek Bros, edited by Carrie Wedler. Yet another study links lower sperm count with pesticides. Which, by the way, anybody who's e even barely been paying attention for the last twenty years maybe knows this already. But this is his point to do this, just like he did with fluoride, and has been. Not breaking news, just another study to a huge body of evidence that continues to show you that they're killing you with pesticides, killing you with endocrine disrupting chemicals, killing you, and they don't care. They know about it, don't care. Until either kind of the same point from before, the necessity to remove the dangerous things somehow justifies their next agenda or aligns with what benefits them financially or something like that, or you just see it so much that they have to do it because they want to pretend like they care. It's kind of the exact same point we made in the beginning. My point is that we all know this. It's unreal. East Palestine kind of opened this conversation a little bit more, but people have been screaming about this forever. And here's yet another study that shows you that we're allowing the government to basically slowly kill us with all these terrible things, if not through absolute directed action, malfeasance, because they just don't care about you. But make sure you read this because it's important. Goes over all the things we talk about. Glyphosate, which, by the way, most of them are endocrine disrupting chemicals, which means they do have an effect on your hormones. Whole other conversation we've gone over deep on. We'll go, we're actually going to come back to that topic as with many of them, as I've said Often, but I will. Many things I've been organizing. The trans conversation I was pointing to there, but also the COVID conversation and medical freedom. There's a lot of stuff still going on. Today, I want to start with this one point that I think is interesting that I haven't addressed. I've seen it. Everyone sent, has been sending this and talking to me. This kind of went viral. The idea of Osama bin Laden's discussion. And I, I quite frankly, I'm going to make my point here and I'll show you why I don't think this is even 
why I haven't really pointed at it yet. Now, Glenn Greenwald points out, ever since October 7th, we've been urging people to recall the lessons of 9-11. Not just the U.S.'s huge errors responding, responding, but why it happened. Now, he even, he even, even he puts it in errors. Let's be real that we all seem to understand that this was not some accident, not some error in intelligence. Same with Israel, same thing we're doing right now. That Very obviously, this was something that they were involved in. That's, that shouldn't even be a contentious statement today. That's what's so crazy about it. But bin Laden's letter, he says, blaming U.S. violence in their region, including U.S. support for Israel, went viral on TikTok. So Guardian deleted it. Now, that in and of itself is a story. I mean, think about how crazy that is. I mean, it's like I thought about this the other day, actually. Like, if you went to the store, or let's just say, like, you, Amazon, for example, you can go buy Mein Kampf. Right. You can go buy like ideology of ISIS. There's all sorts of crazy books out there. And it's weird that we all like know that. But yet you like, whoa, look at you found this book in this place. It's like, well, you guys are selling this. You're not restricting it, which, by the way, I agree with because free speech. And there's plenty of academic reasons to people to understand. Like, what about teaching a class on why these things are horrible? Like not allowed to understand it. Like it's a very weird game that gets played with these when the when certain things. And in this case, what for instance, like the letter from the Unabomber, right? Historically framed as this crazy, but you know, you go through it today. I'm not, not saying in general, this person wasn't somebody that, you know, you could fight over for Christmas. But the point is that what he wrote in that letter is very lucid and very relevant to what we're going on, going through in the technocratic age. It's interesting how these things get pocketed. Now that's not even a great example for why I think this one is important. But the point is that any of those, my point I was making right there is that any of those things are are important for teaching, for understanding, for history, for, for documenting what actually happened. So what's weird and very revealing is that because suddenly people are using it in a way they didn't want, which is to go, look, look, bad, bad, bad. This is why we're fighting for our freedom. Anything other than that apparently today is, oh, get rid of it because they're using it to point out that the U.S. government may be doing bad things. Or in some extreme cases, as I have seen too, people simply going, Osama bin Laden was right, and he did all the right things. I'm just going, gosh, this is exactly what this was meant to do. I mean, I'll show you what I mean. Now, Michael Tracy's the one in this, he's highlighting, and it says it, 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 it's true. The Guardian really did remove the text of bin Laden's letter from, the, to, from 2002 because it was going viral on TikTok. Apparently, censorship is preferable to letting the youngsters read notable historical texts as if they're too dumb to find it elsewhere on the internet. Exactly. And that's the point. Do you really think that they thought doing this would stop you from looking at it? What that did was made it go viral. I'm not saying that was the plan, but it's not a very hard thing to convince most people of today that that kind of thing might happen, where they would knowingly do that to create the desire to make people look at it. Now, why you might ask. Now, here's the main, I'm not going to get into why I think their intent around it, but I want to make the point of why I think the way this is being engaged with is wrong. For Just right uh, uh, Right out of the gate, if you haven't understood the history of Al-Qaeda, the history of ISIS, the history of extremism in the West for the most part, as, as we should fully understand, the U.S. government and Israel and plenty of other allies of theirs have been funding the worst elements of extremism. I mean, it really goes well beyond even just Isla Islamic concepts. The worst elements of extremism, when it suits their interests for, a de for decades. And it's publicly stated in many ways. This documentary for three-part documentary from James Corbett, well, it's, it's undeniable. If you literally, if you sit down and watch these all the way through, you will walk away knowing as fact 
that your government created, armed, and funded, and still works with these entities. That doesn't mean there's not other groups that they don't, or factions within those they don't control. The point is that you have to understand that that is the reality. Ben Swan also has an excellent documentary that's been around for a long time, showing you that the U.S. government created ISIS. It's very important to understand. It's not, it shouldn't be contentious outside of left-right paradigm, propaganda, talking point kind of level, which is what's happening with the Israel-Palestine genocide right now. But the point is, it's not as simple as saying bin Laden was right or wrong, because bin Laden, just like Hamas, just like any number of these elements, were literally created, armed, funded, used by your government. That doesn't mean his letter was wrong or his letter was, in the sense, not his or it was a lie, Or, but we don't know. It's sort of like a Hamas concept. Now, we can look at what Hamas is doing. We can say that's bad. What they did was a crime. But you have to realize that the U.S. government and Israel, at the very least, propped them up. Per Even the Times of Israel on October 8th wrote that article, which I'll actually show you in a minute. So then how do you flavor it with that, right? Is the If they were the ones that propped them up at best or at worst, or how you frame that, they're culpable for actions that later happen. And again, at best or worst, it ends up being that they actually drove them to do that. So in this case, was Osama bin, Laden, Osama bin Laden's letter something that was a calculated CIA move? Well, I find that hard to believe because it pretty much lays out the important critiques of U.S. foreign policy and why people like, you know, an, a genuine entity like that in the world might feel the need to take action like this. But nobody should condone attacks on civilians. I mean, I don't know why that's the hard part people to understand in any context, whether it's Israelis or Palestinians or Americans or anything. And so point the point is, and that's just what, again, Dave Smith made in his, in his, in his debate when he debated himself, apparently, is that this is the same logic that Osama bin Laden used. That if you voted for this government, you're, you're, you're just as a, much a military target as the government. That's at least the claim we were sold. So it's interesting that you now have Israel and the United States using Osama bin Laden's argument, but that's actually more on the nose than people realize because he was an asset of the U.S. government. Now, we don't know for sure whether or not, or at least I would say I don't know for sure whether or not he is or was completely aware or acting in that role all the time. My point in being is that if he wrote that letter, we have to at least flavor all of that or the letter with all of that. And so that brings us to the point to where people are now going, he was right. But it's like, it, it, again, I'm just going to leave it there because I think I made the point. And it's, I, 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 don't, I think the argument being either we support what he said or not, it ends up putting you right back in the, in the dynamic of Osama bin Laden attacked America because he hates our freedom or he hates our foreign policy. But it's wildly more complex than that. And quite frankly, I don't think it has anything to do with what he thought in those letters because the whole narrative is a lie about Saudi Arabia and hijacking planes and attacking us, the whole thing, now, those elements of all of that. But the point is that it's much, much more obvious when you dig through and again, watch this and understand how it all got put together and organized and executed by the governments we're mentioning. Does that change it a little bit? I just think that's interesting. Now, I think right now, for whatever reason, I'm very suspicious about whatever this is and how it's being used. Now you've got an entire movement that's acting like the young generation is out there going, yay, terrorism, because the U.S. is bad. And it's just, a, it's a, and some of them probably think that. But what's interesting is that's going to be used against us. People have a right to think whatever they want, but you might ask whether that might have been the logic. And then Nikki Haley, and see how, I mean, all of them have been using this. Thousands of TikTok users are siding with Osama bin Laden who murdered 3,000 Americans. 
This is a pro. And now, by the way, I'm not sure whether that's actually what they're all saying, or they're just simply saying, I can understand what the logic is in this letter. And then people like that go support for terrorism, sort of like free Palestine. Oh, you Hamas supporting pro terror maniac. It's like, well, I just want Palestine to have self-determination. I don't know who, who's Hamas. You know, it's like, the point is they don't care. They place their narrative over the top of what they say your words mean. That's been going on a long time. Thousands of TikTok users, she says, are siding with Osama bin Laden, who murdered 3,000 Americans. This is a prime example of how our foreign enemies poison social media to advance their evil agenda. Well, is that what happened? An old letter from a long time ago that the Guardian even tried to remove? Who exactly are we pointing at here? Who are you claiming put this letter in front of people that states whoever said it, plausible and relevant grievances with the U.S. foreign policy? It's just weird. These Again, she is a bad example, like a like a George Bush light. Like she's trying to channel the old neocon that nobody wants and doing a bad job. But she says, ban TikTok, of course, because it's only TikTok, right? It's not like people on Twitter and everywhere else are ta- not talking about it, right? It's, it's just such a, it's a childishly transparent effort to make it about TikTok. But it says, stop giving the Chinese Communist Party the ability to influence Americans. Right, because now, now China's doing that. Did China do the things that Osama didn't like? Or did China drive him to take action? Or did he did, did China put the letter out there because it's on TikTok? Like, it's just ridiculous. In fact, you're talking about Americans on TikTok who posted this letter. So do you, are you claiming China made them do that? Obviously, none of those things are real. She's just making it about whatever she wants to make it about to benefit her political career. And in doing so, shooting herself in the foot because that's all she knows how to do. Scott Ritter says, it's not the Chinese, you godforsaken idiot, but the content of the letter that has American in an uproar. But see, even this is where I'm kind of like, but let's not forget, and I know he knows this, but that entity was not some organic action against the U.S. government. There was very clear orchestration involvement and funding and arming that went into it. But he says, if you read the letter and, and engage the few functional cells in what remains of your brain, you'd be hard-pressed to fa- to facially refute, maybe factually re- refute Bin Laden's thesis. But you're you're not in the business of thinking, are you? Just blind adherence to pro-Israel lobby. Good for him. I agree. Now, lastly, on the same point, to bring this into the conversation up today with Hamas, because is it not the exact same, is it not the same general idea? They they funded and and I and I stand by the point of creation. That doesn't necessarily mean that there was not some element like this. But the point is, they're the ones that made Hamas what Hamas is. They created this concept. They funded and armed and used them as far back as you want to look. That was on the table that they were. And and this is the interesting part about it is that they all seem to know this, including Israel. The only thing it seems most of this West the Israeli propaganda is aimed at right now is you, America, which shows you how important they see your perception. Most Israelis are ready to kick Netanyahu to the curb and put him in jail. They're trying to convince you otherwise. That's very relevant. But here's what they said. This was today or yesterday. Excuse me. Net worth. Steven Spielberg, $4 billion. Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey $2.5 billion. Kim Kardashian, $1.2 billion. Hamas leader, $5 billion. Enough said. Free Gaza from Hamas. It's just, it, and and you, you read underneath it. I mean, I, I'm finding it hard-pressed to find even a single single comment of support anymore. But then I just simply said, and your own population is blaming you for why that is. Seeing as you funded armed them, funded and armed them per Haaretz, Times of Israel, Wall Street Journal, etc., wonder why you left that part out as you aimed this propaganda at Western audiences. <clears throat> For years, Netanyahu propped up Hamas. 
Now it's blown up in your faces, in our faces, as the, the Israeli population. They posted that the day after, before even the major genocide, what happened in, in Israel. Think about that. As Israeli citizens, after what they were calling their 9-11, their corporate media was going, you did this. It's your fault. And many of them were saying, you might be even be involved in this. I mean, I just, I've been saying that from the beginning. And I think more and more people are starting to recognize that what our media says, Israel says, is never actually what they're saying. It's crazy. Just like everything else, it's easy to prove if you just care to look. My point, though, is that Hamas is the same concept, as you can clearly tell. And how this works, the construct of using people to justify your ends. And half the time, they just can dump arms and money and, fun, and, and, and funds into the lap of very dangerous people knowing that they'll want more of that. And half the time, they don't end up being able to control everything that they can do. But you know what? They don't care. It's as simple as that. Now, the United Nations News Twitter account is saying 2.2 million people. So almost the entire population of Gaza are being denied access to life essentials. Gaza is under siege. Now, it's, so, it's such an interesting contrast to when they're just going, Hamas did everything. Hamas is responsible. So we're at 40 plus days past this. At what point do you argue self-defense stops, that this stops being self-defense? I mean, clearly it's never been self-defense. But fair question. Let's just pretend this is self-defense. After 80 days? After six months? Like hypothetically, let's say this just continued. Round the clock bombing, nonstop, nonstop. After a year? What point can you logically go, okay, now you're no longer defending yourself. Now you're attacking. See, I mean, it's a really dumb game to play, right? Because if we understand what defending yourself means, it means that somebody is in the action of attacking you and you're defending against that attack. I'm not saying you don't have a right to actually go on and attack somebody who just attacked you because under the rules of war, that is a legal action with all the other things we talked about, including making sure, especially if you're the occupier, that you are not murdering civilians that are under your control. But the next day, five hours afterwards, that's still not defending yourself. That's attacking because you were attacked. But this game of calling it self-defense, even going as stupidly far as saying preemptive self-defense, which shows you what this has always really been. There is no such thing as preemptive self-defense. That's literally in contradictory, as we've talked about before. That's the Bethlehem Doctrine, which the UK, the United States, and Israel use to argue they can kill people and say they were about to attack us. It's literally what we're watching play out right now, Despite, aside from the fact that Hamas did carry out an attack before but realize that this is 40 days later. Indiscriminate bombing. Now, again, I even take issue with that, seeing as how I think we can prove that they're targeting civilians per Amnesty International's own investigation. I'll grab that since I bring it up. This one from the October 20th, simply pointing out that they are not only targeting, not taking the actions necessary to avoid them, or distinguishing between military or civilian, but specifically by carrying out attacks directed against civilian objects. They proved this with their own investigation. That was only between the 7th and the 12th of October. Is it? Can you, I can only imagine the crimes that have happened. I mean, I don't need to. We can see them. It's on full display. But 2.2 million people, life essentials. Now think about the difference there. 2.2 million people that they all say they don't care about, if you listen to them, in regard to the Zionist government, 
And over here, they say they're taking pains to make sure doing everything possible to avoid killing the 10,000 plus civilians they've killed and over 5,000 children, 50 plus journalists, and I think 200 doctors and, you know, on. But they did. They're doing their best, we're told. But 2.2 million people under siege and not having access to what they need. How long does that go on? How long is that acceptable under this weird premise of self-defense for 40 plus days? Is that okay? After after three months, when half of them are going to be dead, is that now still self-defense? And how does that make sense if they're not around Hamas? If most of these people are sheltered, almost a million of them now around UN buildings in different locations that you then go on to bomb anyway. I mean, there's just literally no way to see this without understanding that they are murdering people either with just blatant disregard or with direct attacking, unless you just don't care. And I think that's what's beginning to be painfully obvious to people that are in the middle of this, that, you know, want to believe that people out there care and maybe even think Israel's the right, you know, chosen by God and whatever else, but still are not blinded by support for one group to, to, to miss that this is obvious and feeling really uncomfortable by that. How do we justify what we can see happening to these people? Even if I do think the attack is justified because of the seventh. This, this is what they've done to themselves. They've shown their true face by taking these actions. And we're going to make it very clear today, showing you their own statements. This is a little bit concerning, kind of even going back to, oh, actually, I, I didn't include it today. But the, thinking about the direction, which I promise I will do a show very soon about in terms of medical freedom and WHO and all this stuff. This Ted, Tedros only seems to speak up when he can link these things to something bigger. He says the the uh, the uh, director general of the uh, United Nations Palestinian Refugee Agency or the commissioner, whichever his name is, or commissioner general, excuse me, in Gaza and Tedros just left a meeting to discuss the grave health and humanitarian situation in Gaza because he clearly cares, right? Really spoke up these 40 days of genocide. Lack of water, sanitation, access to basic health care, fuel, and other essentials poses an extreme risk for disease to start spreading among already exhausted vulnerable people. And here's where he suddenly gets interested. Our teams will continue working closely to, to serve the people of Gaza. You know, as they keep bombing and murdering them, they're going to be working hard over here in the corner to make sure they're not dying from, you know, whatever other diseases as their bombs fall on their head. We continue to call for protection of health and civilians. Good. Keep calling for it because they don't care and they're telling you they're not going to listen. WHO and Occupied Palestinian Territory writes, WHO is concerned about the continued escalation of attacks on health care in the West Bank. Ah, he didn't know about that, maybe. It's amazing that we can, fa- that all the narratives focused on, how do we explain Hamas is not in the West Bank? It's obvious what's going on. Roaming settlers, gangs of settlers that are armed and now given official capacity by Israel, and they're just murdering people. It's being covered by basically everybody. All of it's illegal. All of it's illegal everywhere, but in West Bank, even more egregiously so because of the narrative around all of this, they're just not even talking about it. And now what they're telling you, the WHO is telling you they're, they're escalating attacks on healthcare facilities in the West Bank. Okay, if you can't piece this together by now, you don't want to. Are we now pretending Hamas has tunnels in the West Bank under these healthcare centers? No, they are bombing infrastructure of Palestine, Palestine and Palestinians. Today, at least six paramedics made it to exit in Ibn Sina Hospital in Janine, after which they were searched and detained. Ambulances were also searched. There have been over 170 attacks on health care in the West Bank alone since October 7th. I'd love to hear the narrative on that one. I'm sure they just got to go, we thought maybe Hamas, and they go, okay, good enough. No, not good enough. 
WHA calls for the act of protection of healthcare workers. They don't care. Times of Gaza says Israel has killed 200 health workers, destroyed 55 ambulances, and led to 25 hospitals out of service since the beginning of the aggression on Gaza. Furthermore, 700 Palestinians were murdered in different atrocities targeted the hospitals of the Strip. This is from the 15th. This is Gaza now. Right? So you can combine that with the 170 attacks on healthcare facilities and people and, and I would assume ambulances in the West Bank that no one wants to talk about. The United Nations Palestine Refugee Agency says nearly 830,000 displaced people now are sheltering in 154 different installations of the United Nations in the area. 183 Palestinians, including 43 children, have been killed by Israeli security forces and eight, including one child, by settlers since October 7th. This is the West Bank right here we're talking about at the bottom. I just... Don't know how people can shy away from this. Now, they also point out their team in Gaza, right? There will not be a cross-border aid operation at the Rafa crossing tomorrow. Now, this was in regard to today. You might Now, first of all, be clear that this has been insultingly minimal. And even then, there has been no fuel since the 7th on purpose. And I actually have an update on that incubator story, which is very, because exactly what we thought. There is no fuel to make these things work. So whether or not they bring it, the one guy's reporting that they brought three, apparently. It's, it's, it's almost, it's, it's salt in the wound. It's, it's Israel using people like Loomer to pretend, look at how great they are, when they know as a matter of fact that they're giving you something that not only can they not use, but they're making sure you can't use, and then pointing at it and saying, look at how great we are. These people at the hospital know what they're doing. We can't use those. We don't need them. We've got 50 of them in the room that don't work because we don't have fuel. But here's three more because we're good. It's, it's, a, it's meant to be an insult. But while the people like that in the world will have to look at it and pretend it's a nice thing or maybe don't even know any better. The point is, today, there is nothing coming across. Not the minimal, almost some of it useless aid without the fuel. Nothing. You know why? The communications network in Gaza is down because there is no fuel. It makes it impossible to manage or coordinate humanitarian aid convoys. So the commissioner general is saying, I do not, I do believe there is a deliberate attempt to strangle our operation and paralyze their operations. I mean, they're, they're calling them out. They don't care though, because they basically insinuated the United Nations as part of Hamas at this point. It has been almost six weeks of hell for people of Gaza. Not Hamas, average civilians, children, women, elderly, all of them. This is a collective punishment. This is pretty much as I've ever seen it, the most obvious and by the to the book collective punishment in history. I've never seen it this obvious in my life. Now, maybe in history you can find a better example, but in my experience and what I've researched, this is the most blatant de- to the definition of the word, words, <laughs> collective punishment. And he's telling, he believes they're doing it on purpose. Now, this point's important because what they're saying is the refusal to allow them the fuel has now gone far enough to stop even the aid trucks from being able to come in to help them in the first place. And here is anti-war pointing out the United Nations has been forced to halt aid deliveries into Gaza and their warning of immediate starvation. Which, by the way, let's realize there has already been people starving to death, dying in the streets, sleeping in the street because they don't have food. But the little bit amounts coming through, they're pretending is keeping this going. People are dying right now, not by bombs, because they're starving, because they're dying of thirst. And the UN is saying they're no longer able to continue aid deliveries into Gaza because of the Israeli fuel blockade. 
You see how this is working? And people that don't want to hear that are going to say, but they've been sending it there. They're not allowing the fuel that's needed. And this gets worse. Israel will now ignore, apparently, the UN Security Council resolution. Didn't I keep, I keep telling you guys this always happens. They will point at the resolutions in the UN and international law whenever they want to throw that at one of their enemies. But at every single turn, they not only don't follow international law, they spit in the face of anything like this. They don't care. Now, I'm not saying that any country should have to be like, if, but the point is, if you're going to use it to make it clear, if you're going to use the UN against other people, you damn well better be applying it to yourself. Or don't be involved at all. Right? I mean, I, I have all sorts of criticisms about the United Nations and what they're trying to do as a body, but realize that there are situations where as the individuals involved in that Security Council or the general United Nations meetings, like when I pointed out Evo Morales standing up and calling out the United States, right? That was real. He later got removed from power exactly like I told you he would. That's what I'm always pointing out, that there are elements of this that are important. But anyway, the point is that the UN Security Council passed a resolution calling for a pause, which is insulting in the first place. But guess what? Israel said, nope, just like I told you they would. The UN Security Council passed a resolution on Wednesday that called for a temporary pause to the fighting. You know, here's a little bit of food with not enough to help you, but then we're going to bomb you again. Is that, is that good enough? Are we good now? Can we go back to genocide? They're not letting people cross. So this is, it's, it doesn't even logically make sense. But it says, Tel Aviv said the call for a short peace, a short peace, my God, was a decision, quote, disconnected from reality and holds no significance. That's really important. You know why? Because this included a hostage exchange. But apparently to Israel, exchanging for hostages has no significance to what they want to do. The resolution passed the UN's most powerful body in a vote of 12 to 0. However, I find this interesting. It says the US and UK didn't vote at all. I didn't even know it was possible for the motion because it did not condemn Hamas. You realize how dumb that is? So we have to write in, we condemn Hamas. It's like saying, I condemn the shooting that just happened. Is anybody going to stand up and say, I support that shooting? Nobody in Congress is saying, I support Hamas. Not the people they pretend are. None of them. They're saying we support free Palestine. And they contort that into whatever they want it to be. But it's interesting is they, they're just trying to use this as some sort of d manipulative point. But what, so what's, what's interesting is even Russia abstained, which is what I'm always telling you is a vote. You're just voting as abstain. You're abstaining from the vote. It's, it's, well, I shouldn't say it's a vote, but it's a a option on the table when going through a voting process. Not voting at all is very different. But they abstained over concerns that the resolution did not make a strong enough call for peace, which it didn't. It's a guarantee it's going to go right back to it. And we already showed you that even when this was on the table, Israel was continuing to bomb under that four-hour pause nonsense. They were bombing indiscriminately nonstop during those four-hour situations. I already showed you that. Nobody cared. Moscow's representative said Washington is actually responsible for removing the word ceasefire from the text, which we know. I mean, it's obvious they've been pushing back on this the whole time. The resolution called for, quote, urgent and extended humanitarian pauses, which, again, Israel said, nope, not happening in Gaza to allow aid to reach Palestinian civilians, which, again, Israel said, nope. And for, quote, the immediate and unconditional release, unconditional release of all hostages held by Hamas and other groups especially children, as well as ensuring immediate humanitarian access. Hamas didn't say no. Israel said absolutely not. 
In fact, every time this comes up, Hamas has been engaging with this process. Now, you could argue they're not honest, but it's it's unbelievable to continue to argue they're not going to hold up their end, so we're not going to even engage. Well, you know who that makes the dishonest party in this? The one saying that. I mean, it's really incredible because especially since we can already prove to you, one, Hamas has released hostages that continue to this day to say they were treated well and that they've released hostages even though they tried to barter with some of them and Israel said no and then they released them anyway. None of this adds up with what they keep trying to frame them as. And I'm not trying to say Hamas is not the element that people think they are. What I'm saying is either they're smart enough to know that by doing that, they would end up proving them right and so don't. So it's strategic. Or there's the elements in control of this just aren't as radicalized as they want to make them out to be. Maybe they once were. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's not adding up with what they keep saying. We have to sometime acknowledge that. It can't just keep going, here's the real story from Israel's mouth, and every other data point says the opposite. You can consider that that might be the case, but to continue just to going to go with what they say at the expense of all the evidence is just willfully ignorant. Now it says the human the resolution called for yeah, the immediate and additional release, release, which has happened many times before, but they've also every time Israel has denied and said no, and I'll show you at the end. Now, it says the AP reports the language in the resolution was watered down. Of course it was. In response to the Security Council passing its first resolution on the war in Gaza, Tel Aviv said it would ignore the call for a humanitarian pause. So what is the point of the United Nations Security Council and otherwise if they can do this and they can just go no? Now, be clear on this. I'm not arguing the UN should have the ability to force a country to take action. It's that's a whole that's a sovereignty issue. But what I do think is that this is what they already tried to use it for. So the point I'm simply making is the hypocrisy of these governments in using this against their adversaries. But then when it comes to them, they just disregard it. And there's not just no consequence. The even the the U.N. barely makes a statement about it. Maybe today it'll be different. But in the past, it's been like we just call for everyone to stop doing bad things. And it just walks away. Toothless tiger. But it says, quote, Israel already operates in Gaza, according to international law. Clearly, that's just what Israel's saying, living in this fantasy world. While Hamas terrorists will ignore the decision and certainly not act in accordance with it. I guess we'll just take Israel's word for it because that's been working out well for us, right? Israel will continue its actions until the destruction of Hamas and the return of the kidnapped. Okay, so this is the point I keep trying to make. And I'll show you again at the end of a segment later. Where in this circumstance do you ever get them back? So the argument is we're going to keep bombing and keep militarily going in as they hold these people until they just give them up, or I guess we just bomb them all and kill them. So I guess in the one circumstance that would work is if you somehow get them to just get so scared and so defeated that they release them all. But in the process, you're almost guaranteed to kill some of those hostages. So at what point do we pretend that they care about these hostages other than some kind of tool to use this against their agenda? I mean, you just can't not see that. They're bombing in an area that they know these people are being held. I just think that's absurd. And it gets even worse. Vice News reports Prime Minister Netanyahu rejected a hostage agreement because he wanted to free the captives using the military. So now you got the propaganda machine, Vice News. I guess maybe inadvertently. I don't even, the point is he definitely said this. And I've proven you this in the past in many other examples where what they keep saying is we don't deal with terrorists, but then they clearly do in many cases where they go, okay, we'll exchange for this right now. 
So what they're really saying is we don't want to release the hostages. We don't want more people coming out and saying they were nice and we know the IDF shot at us. That's what I really believe is happening. And understand, American audience or British audience or anywhere outside of Israel, the Israeli population is saying that too. They're protesting in front of the ministry, in front of Netanyahu's house, saying, ceasefire, release our families. Not, I mean, it's and saying, we know you're responsible. I just can't stress that enough. But it says, he wanted to free the captives using the military. Quote, it's clear the Israelis wanted a ground offensive underway before considering this proposal. Probably because they don't want those people to be free because they'll say things they don't want them to. Hannibal directive in a way, which has been on this table since the first days of conflict, says this diplomat. A NATO official told the outlet, quote, Netanyahu can now look at the Israeli public and tell them his firm action with the ground offensive is what freed some hostages. I'm sure he can say that. None of that has actually happened. They've only found a body of somebody that, interestingly enough, was found dead around the Shifa hospital where they were bombing all over the place and they still pretend it was Hamas. And then the person they claimed they rescued, turns out she wasn't even there. And now she's posting on Facebook on October 12th or whatever the platform was. That was part of the thing that exposed with that laptop they pretended they found. And then they edited it, covered it up, blanked it out. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Now it says, the source added, Netanyahu sees a short-term political gain. That's the point here. To arguing the offensive forced Hamas into concessions. But he doesn't seem to fear explaining how hostages might have died in the airstrikes while the same deal was available. That's a NATO official. You, you see how obvious the writing is on the wall. And I don't think any of these people truly care, or at least they care more about the agenda than the people. But when, when everybody sees it, it's political, guys. You have to cut your losses at some point, And then you're left with this religious extremist entity over here going, screw it, we're going to burn it to the ground. And everyone else is going, my God, we come on. We, you know, they, they're starting to realize that they've hitched their wagon to the wrong star, whatever you call it. The point is that they're clearly, and that's my opinion. Like, that's why we're going to get into even corporate media starting to go, well, you know, this is are lying. It says Israel War Cabinet Minister Benny Gantz says, even if Tel Aviv agrees to a short pause to military operations in Gaza, it plans to settle the war, this one-sided genocide, with its military. Quote, even if we are required to pause fighting in order to return our hostages, there will be no stopping the combat and the war until we achieve our goals. Make sure you understand what he's telling you right there. To return our hostages, even if we're required to pause fighting in order to get them. So you have to hear the way he's saying that. Not if we want to. If we, so, if Basically, if we get forced to pause so we can get the people back, we'll still do what we want. So clearly both suggesting that you have to be forced to do that and that what you want doesn't include the hostages. I mean, they keep exposing what their mindset is blatantly, but with their very language makes it clear. Words have meaning. So all they're really telling you is our objective is this destroying of the area, shoot, killing Palestinians. And if you force us to, we'll deal with this too. But we're going to go right back to it though. It just couldn't be more clear. Now, tell, uh, Israel tells Palestinians now, after telling them to get out of the way quick, then no, no, flee to the south. Now they're going, okay, now flee the south. 
Okay. Well, what do you mean? Now go back to the North? Well, no, we're bombing in the North. Okay. So what do you expect these people to do? What do you expect the people to do who were in incubators, who were on ventilators, who were already blown up because of your bombs that were still alive? Oh yeah. They didn't care. They bombed them all and they probably half of them died or if not all of them. And the ones that were able to flee to the North in some cases did. Now understand there are, or the South, there are still people in the North, find you who have managed to survive their flee in certain areas. There are people in hospitals in those places that are still there and they bombing them. But this is the craziest part that we keep, we've been telling you since the beginning that eventually they'd move to the South and that's what they're doing. They've now dropped leaflets on a city in the Southern half of Gaza Strip, instructing Palestinians to flee the area. This is what everyone was warning about. So now they've been what, for 40 days, they don't have no source of water or food for the most part. It's because they're, they're not in their homes. And, and on top of that, even if they were in their homes, they're not, they, there's already no access to these things. And now you're going to move them again? I mean, just at what point does this become so explicitly obvious that peoples do something about it? Like even the people that don't care about these Palestinians. It says the UN estimates that 2.3 million people living in Gaza, 1.5 have been depl- 1.5 million have been displaced. Around half the population of the Gaza Strip are children. Over 11,000 have already been killed, including 4,500 children. Tel Aviv says 50 Israeli soldiers have been killed. Let's sink in for a second. (laughs) The difference there. And I have to point out again, you know, I really don't think I'm going to go through the debate with Dave Smith, Laura Loomer. I really did plan on it. It just feels like it's just almost unnecessary. I mean, I might. There's some lessons to be learned in what they back and forth. Even again, I was just watching uh, Tim Horton on, on Tim Pool. Same kind of thing. There's important lessons to see how these arguments are being put forward. I think Tim's spot on. The guy he was arguing against was, you know, taking the line that everything Israel's doing. Well, he was, he didn't say that, but he said what Israel's doing in Gaza is completely justified. All of it. I just don't know how anybody can have that opinion unless you're just not informed with what's going on. But just the, the idea. Well, that's what it was. The moderator during um, Dave Smith's inter, uh, interview, <laughs> that's what it really was, literally said that you can tell Israel's winning just by the body count. And it just, it made me sick. The idea that this is some kind of like, they're all just fine. These are innocent civilians being killed in their homes, on the street, in hospital beds. But yeah, the body count sure tells you they're winning. The lack of humanity or understanding blew me away. Not Not to mention he was the worst moderator I've ever seen in my life. But it says, now Tel Aviv appears ready to turn the focus of its military to the south. Just like we told you, the Israeli Air Force dropped leaflets on Wednesday night in eastern areas of Khan Yunus. You know, the place that Dershowitz was like, that's the safe place to go, as they were bombing there from the very beginning. A city in southern Gaza ordered people to leave their homes and shelters for their own safety. The leaflets suggest an invasion of South Gaza will begin soon. According to the Associated Press, there is not a clear plan in place for where the Palestinians should go. You know why? Because Israel doesn't care. They really don't care. It's very clear. Quote, it's not clear where else they could go as Egypt refuses to allow a mass transfer, which is not Egypt's responsibility. But but again, just from a humanitarian perspective, at some point, at some point, you might, something might, but here's the problem though, is that this is what everyone honest is saying about this. And I agree. It's, It's not about these countries not wanting these Palestinians as all these racist, openly bigoted people are trying to insinuate or blatantly say like, Eli David and Ben Shapiro, like, why don't all these other countries want them? That maybe they know them too well. It's broad stroking an entire ethnic, entire Palestinian population. Like, that's not gross and obviously ridiculous. But the point is, 
that they most of them understand that by taking them in, you're allowing Israel, which most of them are adversarial with, to gain all of an area they have no right to any of. Which is not to suggest that Israel's that the people of Israel shouldn't exist, or even that I'm saying that none of it should, because at this point it doesn't seem logical either way. The only thing honest people are asking for now is to allow Palestine to actually have its own territory. As even I think it was one of the arguments recently made, just 22% of the West Bank and Palestine is 22% of the entirety of what was Palestine. But they won't even give them that. That's the point, right? It's not, it's never been about them offering anything. And that's been transparently obvious as far back as I can look by their own statements. We will never allow them a two-state solution. But the point is that they're, oh, and these countries don't want them in for the first reason being that it allows Israel to basically take all of it, but also because that will then basically be taking in this massive, well, first of all, just from a, or second of all, just from a governmental societal standpoint, it doesn't matter where they come from, bringing in that many people is going to dis- disrupt a lot of things in your country. That's, that's, that's a fact in general. That's why we've all often talked about on the show about weaponized migration and how that can be used. But on top of that, thirdly, I guess, that Israel, I guarantee you, will not stop this once they're just no longer there because the Palestinian people will still want their pro- their territory back. So then it will become sort of that country at odds with Israel, whether they want it or not. They all see this. And so here we are again, where it becomes very obvious that they're trying to push these people out, ethnically cleanse, mass genocide. And now they're stuck between nobody letting them out here, which, by the way, they're still stuck inside the open air prison. and the increasingly in, I, mean, I don't even know what it's, they've been bombing all over this country, all over the occupied part of Palestine, which is Gaza Strip. But now they're going to apparently increase that bombing in the South with no place to go. I mean, how do we not see that as the deliberate genocide that it is? And let's not forget on top of that, that the leak plan that even WikiLeaks has confirmed, which talks about exactly what we're discussing. Now, this is just the, you can look at it here. We've gone over this in a past show. This is an Israeli plan that has been almost carried out to a T move them to the south, and then move them into the Sinai Desert and many other points within it, but it's all happening. Now here, just to give you an insight to how obvious it is, you know, and add this to the 47 other examples of Israeli government officials telling you their intent to murder all these people, the deputy speaker of the Knesset and a member of the Foreign Affairs and Security Committee for Israel wants you to know that he feels Israel is being too humane. That's really what he says. And he calls to, quote, burn Gaza now, no less. Not some, not only Hamas, all of it, because they're being too humane by allowing these Palestinians to exist. But believe them when they claim to only target Hamas and want to help the civilians, like all the news will tell you. Here's what I just did the translation so you can see it. Oh, actually, I'll just go to the tweet. So it says, all the preoccupation with whether or not there's internet in Gaza, shows that we have learned nothing. We are too humane. Burn Gaza now. No less. Then, of course, he follows it up by saying, don't put fuel in, don't put water in, until the abductees come back. Right, so as you continue to refuse, oh, look at this. Even X puts some, like a little... What is it, like a gray out <laughs> where you can still look at it, but it's blocked a little bit? It's just silly. I mean, really? Like, I would say, well, you know what's really just ridiculous about that? There, you could find that statement 100,000. Here, let's even just do this real quick. Check this out. 
Twitter is so ridiculous. I could be wrong too. Let's find out. Burn Gaza. Let's see if it pops up. My thing in context showing his tweet, mostly all showing his. Israel doesn't want to burn Gaza. Oh, look, there's a live shot of that. Hold on. That's for something else. Hold on. I'll come back to that. Anyway, well, the, the point was, you know, as well as I, there are people saying, burn it all, turn to a parking lot. And it's just weird. They focus on this guy, but you know, whatever the point is, he's very clearly telling you we shouldn't help them at all. And then the point was, don't give them anything until we get the hostage back while you then ensure they don't come back or not him exactly, but Netanyahu's government for sure. Decentralized, uh, um, uh, where was it? Hold on. Oh, it's weird. Oh, that's right. Come on now. There it is. Okay. Decensored news, which is a, a Sam Husseini's platform. I believe Israeli journalist, Ben Caspit replies to this person. Who is again, the deputy speaker of the Knesset, which is like their, their government, their, their Congress. Calls to burn Gaza now, no less, saying in part that such statements are working against us and our legitimacy. Right. So, so this journalist, author of the bestseller, The Netanyahu Years, which clearly seems like he's pro-Israel. I'm not going to assume, but it looks that way, just as a, uh, just to point it out. But we can go, you guys look to yourself if you want to make for sure or find out for sure. But the point is that he is replying to him saying, well, I guess it's kind of obvious when he says working against us and our legitimacy, meaning Israel and the objective. And he responds by saying, your fear will kill us. Stop being humane. Just in case you were unsure, just in case you thought it might have been a translation error. He literally says, I mean, this is like Netanyahu standing up and saying, no, it is the state for the Jews alone when somebody argues everyone's free there. It's just crazy on the face. They don't care. Stop being humane. Your fear will kill us. Unreal. That's how obvious this is. They don't want to, they don't want any Palestinians left. And Biden completely in lockstep with all of this, which has been, which has decimated his political standing, which continues to show you that it's not a left right divide, guys. People in this country, left and right, can see what's going on. You get these screaming uh, paradigm people that pretend like everyone's on their side. It's just not the case. Indonesian president met with Biden at the White House and basically calls for, you know, a ceasefire and to do more to stop the atrocities. And Biden simply makes a joke. Indonesia appeal to the U.S. to do more to stop the atrocities in Gaza. This fire is a must for the sake of humanity. Today we're talking about taking our relationship to launching the highest possible level of cooperation. A comprehensive strategic, strategic partnership. This will mark a new era between the relationships between the United States and, and uh, Indonesia. He can't even talk. Just wild. I mean, there's a lot of them, it seems, mumbling members of Congress. We marked nearly 75 years of cooperation between our nations. I'm of the view our partnership is stronger than it's ever been. It's going to even get stronger. It is an honor for me to fulfill the invitation from 
of President Biden to visit Washington DC. The US is one of the most important partners for Indonesia. Indonesia also wishes our partnership contribute to regional and global peace and prosperity. So Indonesia appeal to the US to do more to stop the atrocities in Gaza. Everyone sees it. This fire is a must for the sake of humanity. And and that the, it's the, the argument that that therefore means that that they don't care about Jews or they don't care about the October seventh. It's just it, it it falls flat. It doesn't even add up for the vast majority of people because it's just a human soul heart. We care about civilians just like we cared about the ones in Israel. Like it's just, it's just and they can't even wrap their mind around that, which shows you who we're really dealing with here: the Zionist extremists. Once again, thank you for your invitation, President Biden. Thank you. Thank you. And as we met outside, as you get out of the automobile, we had a very important discussion on climate. The no, president no. said, "I'm cold." I told him I could take care of that immediately. Dan, saya mau cepat selesaikan hal itu. Oh yeah, and that's it. That's all. Right. So Biden runs in the most obvious way possible. He 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 calls on him to stop this, and he goes, "Yo, oh, you know, made a joke about climate, or whatever." It's, it's just so transparent but it just i mean it screams that's that's a desperate move something is stopping this now look well i don't it doesn't I, I don't know what it would be blackmail or the fact that these people are just lockstep in the in the way politics works in dc but it's interesting we just played that clip yesterday from the le- the leaked clip about with the adl director Glenn, greenblatt saying to his people that this is a old versus young problem Right. Like admitting one, first of all, don't forget that they have analysts inside these groups. So, right. If you're listening, Jews for Peace and these other groups, if you didn't hear it, they're claiming to have analysts secretly in your groups. So think about that. But what's interesting is they made it very clear that it's a young old problem, not a left right problem. I'm trying to show everybody that both all these topics, because they've lost control, COVID, anything else crosses that divide because they're losing control of the narrative. But what it is what an interesting thought I had is, isn't it also interesting that we're all beginning to notice how shockingly old all of these people in Congress are? I don't think that's by accident, especially when we can see how influential the ADL and Israel are in our political sphere. And then when we know that that means that there's an old versus young problem and all the young people are going Israel's carrying out genocide and that we shouldn't be too shocked to see that they've maintained only old people in our Congress. Pretty clear. Now here is I think the obvious example. Now, whether you think this means that specifically Blinken controls what Biden does or just simply showing you that Biden himself is just a follower, whatever it is, the point is this, this doesn't even need me to comment on it. Following this clip of what Biden is just, you know, passively ignoring one of the most obvious things, it's because of whatever it is, something is dictating what these people do and say. We've gotten great... uh cooperation from the cutteries uh is it cutteries? spoken with them as well a number of times i think the pause and that is really that the israelis have agreed to nope they didn't it down to well, i'm getting too much detail i, I know mr secretary i'm going to stop 
the uh, but wow. I am I am mildly hopeful. Now understand during this same speech, Blinken was clearly somebody caught it on film where he said Biden said, Oh, he called the the uh Chinese president a dictator, which I think all these people are dictators, but Blinken clearly made a face, which just shows you it's just it's just like with any of the rest of them. Trump, you know, with Fauci, whoever else. Like it's just funny how these people are not really always in charge. But the point is here, he literally says, Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Secretary, I'll stop. The leader of this country, I mean, my God, or the ruler, excuse me. I think that's crazy. And is it cutteries? I thought it was, I mean, people say cutter or Qatar, but I didn't think it was cutteries. I think it's weird. Maybe you got confused with the cutlery or something like that. But anyway, the point is, I don't think these people are truly making these decisions. You know, that's not a hard thing to sell people on right now. But let's get into some of the interesting admissions as this continues to fall apart. Netanyahu, speaking with, I think it was CBS, admits that he's, quote, not successful at minimizing civilian casualties. Literally admits they're bombing civilians, but of course goes, but Hamas, Hamas is doing it. It's not, we're, it's not, we're not the ones aiming our bombs. We are, we're not the ones shooting the bombs. Oh, we are, but we're not the ones, you know, it's, but Hamas is there. So we're, they're responsible for everything we do anywhere. I mean, you realize that's always kind of been their game. There's a rocket that flew. So we're going to bomb this 40, you know, this whole residential area that had nothing to do with the bombing, but you know, just, we'll use that excuse. Or I've talked about it a lot in the past. Rockets flew, and everyone's like, well, I didn't see anything. Well, that, well, it happened, and they hit the field, and we're going to move forward now. I promise you there were examples in the past where nothing actually happened. It was used anyway. My point, though, that aside, they're admitting that they're not successful. Here's the BBC. Netanyahu says Israel not successful at minimizing Gaza casualties, but blames Hamas. You know, the Hamas we haven't yet to even see engage in regard to Gaza. Doesn't mean they're not there or engaging. I, I shouldn't say engage because we do have video evidence of them engaging with troops. And, and seemingly kind of destroying them. But ultimately, in regard to them showing you, here's a Hamas member we took down. Here's a body. Here's our count. It's, it's pretty interesting how we don't see almost any of that. And we see these weird edited, photoshopped lies in regard to video, which we'll get to. Now, here's what I, was, I caught that video of. Low-key reports from, from Midpress News. I, I, this, this is so crazy to me. It shows you how little they care that you see what they really are. And not just, not just because of what they drew. It's because of what this is, whatever they drew. Israeli tanks, after destroying a park in Gaza, that had nothing to do with what was going on, just bulldozed a park. There's no tunnels under there. They didn't even make that claim. No one's even talking about it. They just bulldozed the park because they're destroying Gaza because they hate Palestinians. They seared a Star of David into the park. Look at that. And again, that's why I was happy to see this. I couldn't find this earlier. Here's a video of it. Look at that. Now, why would you do that? As it says, Israel doesn't want to burn Gaza to the ground to rescue hostages, eliminate Hamas, or ethnically cleanse Palestinians. They only want some space to express their democratic, their demonic artistic skills. I don't know this person, this Palestinian refugee wrote that. <clears throat> but the point was interesting that they did that. And then Melody brings up an interesting kind of overlap to that. Not that they're even connected, but the, the time when this Palestinian got branded with a Star of David by IDF members. So they, they pretended that was a boot. No, that was our boot laces. <laughs> obviously not. That's ridiculous. It's obviously the Star of David, and, and it was verified as such. But the point is, this is extremists right here. And knowing that people will see that, 
I just find that incredible. And hear me, it's not because the Star of David. It's just you stamping your, you know, we're here to save the civilians and stop Hamas. But in the meantime, we're going to bulldoze a family park and then burn our symbol into the ground. I mean, this is alarming. And here's an example of why I I'll show you what I mean in a second. But here, we talked about this too. And I will include the link. Israeli forces execute Palestinians in the West Bank, prompting shootings against settlers. And that the point was that, you know, and then they, when somebody gets shot as a settler, that all you hear in the news is they shooting Israelis. Well, they murdered Palestinians, which made them mad. And they shot back, you know, as the occupied people who have a right to our rebellion. But no one talks about that. But, oh, here, I'll show you. Check it out. This is what I'm talking about. So it'll probably, sometimes it loads, sometimes it doesn't. But I'll show you what I mean. So it, it did load. Thank God. So I'll conclude that for you. Let me just duplicate it. You'll probably see it. Yeah. Just, I can't even access if I try to log in. I get some weird error. It's my, not even the error message lines up with what's actually happening, by the way. I'm not going to get into it now. I, my, my team is working on it. But I'm telling you guys, literally everywhere. <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually think I forgot. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I showed that in the beginning. The, the, this stuff's not working. Where were we? So, clearly these people are pretty extreme. I mean, there's just no way around that. The Zionist members, it, the sycophants. Now, this gets really interesting because we've already told you this. Robert reported this. I reported this right when this happened. And again, because Robert was the one that investigated this right in the beginning. Remember when Chuck Costello was posting this and saying, look at these children burned alive in a dumpster. But immediately uh, we were like, whoa, those aren't children, obviously. But we don't know what they were. Robert investigated and found out right away that they were Hamas members that the IDF burned. Or at the very, well, and oh, that, that's the fact either way. Now, whether they were burned alive after they caught them, I, I don't actually think that's what happened, but certainly possible. But remember, it's because they bombed houses that held them and hostages, which I'll go over right after this. So that means I, these, I can almost, I'm willing to bet you that these are hostages and IDF, almost even more so because of what you're about to hear them admit. 1,400 casualties. And now we've revised that down to 1,200 because we understood that we had overestimated. We, we made a mistake. There were actually bodies that were so badly burnt, we thought they were ours. In the end, apparently, they were uh, Hamas terrorists. What we're, what we're, uh, when we're we make Interesting, right? So how would you make that mistake? Well, first of all, let's just be clear. Let's just say it was a mistake. So that then means that you didn't really ever know that you just kind of broadly assumed what the information was, put that out. And still to this day, you get those Israeli flag draped moms out there screaming, they killed 1,400 civilians. Well, no, they killed 1,200, most of which were IDF members, some of which were hostages. It's amazing how little people know when they think they're so informed. But at the end of the day, those are 200 bodies. Not that, That's not all of them, by the way, in that dumpster, but that they were Hamas members, right? So how did that happen? And, and again, don't miss the point that the number has now gone down. It's been all, and the information seems to be uncertain, uncertain to begin with. But Chuck, of course, deleted this afterward because it was wrong. Never corrected it. Just deleted it back like it never happened. So make sure you follow him. But here, Gray Zone came out with this important article on 27th, which we covered. Evidence shows Israel killed own citizens on the 7th. Doesn't have to mean all of them, but it means they did, as a matter of fact, per the Israelis, per the kibbutz security team, they did shoot at and kill hostages. And the helicopters admitted to shooting indiscriminately at cars leaving 
And then we see this lineup of all these beat up cars afterward, clearly, and burn bodies inside of those cars. It's obvious that they were bombing them with Hellfire missiles, and they even admitted to that, and later just went, Hamas did everything, even though they didn't have the weaponry to do it. But let's not forget, I mean, I don't have to go over this again. You guys remember, there's evidence on the record, speaking with Haaretz, speaking with, I think it was I-24 or the Israeli mainstream radio. There's like five or six very clear examples of Israelis and even the security team at Kibbutz Be'ere, one of them, the leader, saying they killed hostages. Here's the Monda Weiss article covering much of the same information. A growing number of reports indicate Israeli forces responsible for Israeli civilians and military deaths. Remember, because including that location, actually, I'll show you that real quick, where it's been, it was proven as they even admitted to it. Brigadier General Avi Rosenfield admitted that they decided to bomb this military installation because they believed Hamas had taken it over. And inside was also their people. Many of the soldiers, most of them not most of them not combat personnel, were killed or wounded outside. That's his quote. He decided to kill their people and then went on to blame Hamas because it was caused by Hamas, they said. That's what we're talking about. I mean, it's that blatantly obvious. And the electric electronic intifada specifically focused on this one kibbutz survivor. So somebody from that location, from the residential area. Israel forces shot their own civilians. She even spoke to the radio station with Israeli media. I just, it's blatantly obvious. And they have, here, here's, I'm glad I actually included this one. This is directly from the Israeli state radio channel. You can listen for yourself. They shot hostages. This is not up for debate anymore. This is undeniable. And again, there's my episode on it. We followed it since. Syrian Girl has a great breakdown on this. And this was one of the videos from the very early point in this. And we showed you this as well. They've already tried to pretend this isn't what it is, but it's it's already been admitted to by the Israeli helicopter pilots that they shot at cars as they were fleeing, which we know for a fact had some hostages in them. Not every car, but could have, and they didn't know which one's which. And they admitted that. They admitted to... They admitted to... The Apache pilots testified that they fired a huge amount of munitions, emptied the belly of the helicopter in minutes, flew to rearm, returned to the air again and again. And they admit that they didn't know. It says there was no intelligence to help to make help to help to help make faithful decisions. They just fired over and over at the cars that were leaving, just like the buildings that were holding hostages, as they've admitted to, because the Hannibal Directive. As she says, Israel admits Apache helicopters fired on their own civil civilians running from the festival. The not a peace festival, but a rave. The pilots realize ever see all these little minor lies are all meant to sell you on an idea. The pilots realized there was tremendous difficulty in distinguishing within the occupied outpost and settlements who was a terrorist and who was a civilian or a soldier. There. I just want to make sure you saw it in this article too, which has the link to it. Where I tell myself that the chance that I'm shooting here on hostages is as well is low, but was not 100%. I don't even know why you would argue it was low, seeing as how we knew that they were, we were being told that. But in any case, the point is they definitely shot at them and definitely blew some of them up. And now remember, she shows you this one. Remember, because this is where they put all those cars. But look at the cars. I mean, that was not, there's no, Hamas doesn't even have the capability to do that, let alone in that many numbers while you are fleeing on foot. But the point is, this is how many cars at the music festival ended up destroyed by Apache helicopters. They collected all the destroyed cars and arranged them one month after the incident. I think I've got this right here. I don't actually. I guess I didn't include that. But the point was simply that we know 
But I think this is why, because you can see these here in general. One of the ones that was also in the Great Zone article showing you these people that were burned out in a car, one of which was fleeing. These are hostages and papers that were in the car. Hamas isn't capable of doing that per any expert you want to listen to. A reserve pilot in the same unit described a fog of confusion. Well, let me be very clear, by the way, in this circumstance of what they had on them is the point. They weren't capable of doing that. Now it says, I find myself in a dilemma as to what to shoot at because there are so many of them. More footage from the Apache helicopters. The Apache pilot testifies they fired a huge amount of munitions. I already read you that. And drone footage from the scene of the festival shows the damaged cars before they were arranged by the IDF. Now, this is why they moved them. This is important, right? They did this and it shows you all the cars. Why? Well, because now here you can see where they were, which very clearly proves that they shot them while they were fleeing away. Which then proves that they didn't know whether they had hostages in them and many of which they probably hid from you. Likewise, Israel has admitted to shelling the Israeli civilian homes, killing at least 112 Israelis in the process. This is also from Haaretz, Middle East Monitor, Gray Zone, and we've gone over all of this. Otherwise, I would go deep on it like we did in this. You can watch it for yourself. And good examples showing you these homes, many of which you can tell were bombed with shell tank shelling and so on. And that's where some of these were killed. One of these were people that were they later told you. These Actually, I'll come to it in a second. These people right here. The father was one of these people that were in one of these houses that was killed. I think this is why they refused to let these people come home when they offered them and said, we'll, we'll release these people because they might have a story that they don't want you to hear. They're trying to come. They're trying to community note. Uh, what was this? IDF published footage of helicopter guns hitting Hamas terrorists. They're just trying to claim it wasn't what it looked like. Anyway, the point is clear. There's a lot more information here you can look at. It's obvious to me. Obvious based on the facts that this is what happened. In some case, and yet all they can do is continue to push this kind of propaganda, and then we'll get into more propaganda. I mean, I, I don't know why people don't think this is insulting to your intelligence. So they've been claiming that. Oh, here, actually, I forgot to grab this. Let me see if it pops up. Maybe that is it right there. Yep, there it is. I'll include her tweet too, since we found it there. So the point is, they've already been saying this. Amid the war and urgent need, evidence of Hamas's October 7th rapes slips away. If you read the article, it's it's ridiculous. They don't have any evidence, the point. And they act like, oh, we lost it. Whoops. No, what they say ultimately is they, that's part of it, but that they didn't even get time to do the the tests to find out. So that means they don't even know if they were raped. And that now that they don't, now that we're acting like we can't tell, means i think we all know what's going on here they're trying to sell you on the ideas just like the tunnels we'll get to next that are now blowing up in their face because i think they just thought people would blindly go along with their narrative like they have for 75 years but this video based on no evidence and that's why it's a mock skit and not a real video israel says believe women unless they're israeli this is literally directed at american audiences and not just by saying, look, help us. They're actually poking you. They're, they're saying you're a bad person because you believe women, but not when we're Israelis. So now, and see, it's interesting they chose not to say Jews because they kind of want the U.S. or they really want the Western audience to be on their side. But this is like a gentle prod going, you're bad if you don't believe us too. I mean, it's really, really transparent. That's not for Israelis. That's for you guys. 
But what, what does believe women even mean? It's crazy. They're pulling back on this Kavanaugh time when it was stupid when that was said then. What do you mean believe women? It, it's a dumb statement. So we're just supposed to pretend they never lie? And you could argue believe women doesn't mean all the time, but then what is the point of saying that? Then you then you use discernment and believe someone if it believe you know it's just, you it's just so stupid anyway. The point is they're trying to act like you don't believe Israeli women that claim they're raped. Okay, where are they actually right now? Where are the Israeli hostages? Oh, well, the hostages you won't let come back. Okay, so where are the people that you are claiming are telling us they've been raped and we're not listening? Oh, that's right. There are none because only examples we have, and trust me, I'm not trying to minimize that possibility. It's horrific and should not be minimized and should be considered no matter what. If somebody says, I have been abused, but not blindly assumed to be the case because people can be wrong. They could lie. They could have an agenda. That may, That's not insensitive. That's just being objective and trying to remove emotion from an objective research and point. But ultimately, we have... Shawnee Loke, who they claimed, which nobody seems to be able to verify is even dead at this point, which is very sad for her family, as the, the Israeli government seems to be using her as some kind of propaganda tool. When last I think we've proven, per the Newsweek and her family, that she was in a hospital, which makes no sense with the larger narrative, and then later they claim she was dead, which I actually genuinely think that she ended up in a hospital that they bombed or ran out of electricity and fuel when she had a head wound, possibly a bullet from an IDF member as she was fleeing the festival and then sadly maybe died. I don't know. It's horrifying because they're bombing indiscriminately. But then we have the woman that was shown getting into that car with people that nobody's ever been able to identify as either ID, uh, rather specific, Mossad, CIA, or Hamas, or Palestinian Islamic Jihad, or whatever. And yes, she had blood in the back of her pants. So it seems to indicate that might be something that happened, but we don't know. And honest journalists should not assume. That's the that's it. Robert covered this already. And now after that, they've even reported themselves that we got we don't have any evidence of this. We didn't do forensic tests. So then why have we been claiming people were raped if we didn't even verify that? So you've been assuming this whole time? Guys, this has been the thing the whole time in every angle. Doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it means they don't even care if it happened. They were going to claim it anyway. And here's the video that is cringeworthy. It's horrible. Yes, I was raped. So sorry. Um, we are here to help. Tell us what happened. I was at a music festival. We heard gunfire and everyone was running. I started running and then he grabbed me. He yelled something in Arabic, and then he replied. Sorry to interrupt you. You said he was yelling in Arabic. Yes. So he, he ripped my pants, and then he just... just, just sorry, I, I just need a bit of background here. Are you Israeli? Yes. And your rapist was Palestinian? He was a Hamas terrorist. Okay, just... Um, this is a bit awkward, but... We can't help you. But I was a rape. I mean, are you serious? Like, I just, this, it, this makes me angry. It makes me angry for people that might actually be out there being abused, or in this case, in these circumstances. Like, who are you actually aiming this at? Who are the entities that are not believing somebody? Because, like, they're, they're trying to make this out to be somebody like me. Simply for asking for evidence of claims for people that have already lied. And from, I don't, I, where are these people you're claiming are going to somebody? 
and going, this happened to me. And we're going, I don't know. I don't believe you. That's not what's happening. Israel's claiming this happened. And now we can see that they're even telling you they don't have evidence for it. And we're supposed to just believe you because you make a video with this upset person pretending to be raped. Cause this is a skit. This isn't real. I just, I don't even understand. Yeah. Great point. Why do they have American accents? Because they are aiming this at you. You should be insulted by this. They're, they're, they're insinuating, blatantly stating, basically, that you don't care about people who are abused if they're Israeli. More actually to the point, if they're Jewish. Because that's the narrative they've been spinning from the beginning. But because they want to aim it at Americans, they hope might be swayed by this. They don't want to go right over the top and call you a Jew-hating terrorist until you say Palestine should exist. I mean, this is just something special, man. It's unreal. Danny, yes. Yes, Inc. Filmed it. Yes, yeah, so the global police. Don't take it personally. Management decided that all violence against Israelis is yeah. legitimate resistance. My God. So sorry. Oh, yeah. Are we talking about civilians? You see, what they're trying to do in making this is taking valid points like the legitimate international law that an occupied territory has the right to armed rebellion, armed resistance against military targets, which I've said from day one. Any deviation to a civilian kidnapping, stealing from, sexually abusing is an immediate crime and those people should go to prison. Have you ever heard me say anything different or anybody honest? Because that's a static reality, no matter what two states or entities we're talking about. But here, what they want to do is convince that person who really doesn't understand what's going on to think that what we're saying is that we allow rape. So now, just like saying ceasefire means you hate Jews and want them all to die by saying I want evidence or international law means rape them. We want that. I, I mean, I, it's just it's it is gross. They are the ones perpetuating these kind of problems by allowing stuff like this, by downplaying the reality of demanding we prove what actually happens. In any sense, in any story, no matter what's happening. I just, it really does make me sick. My daughter has been kidnapped. Please help. Sure. Just before we get started, are either of you Israeli? On October 7th, My a God. mass terrorist brutally raped Israeli women and children before murdering them. There is no justification for rape and sexual violence. Rape is not resistance. Yeah. I mean, is there literally anybody arguing rape is resistance? I, I mean that. I, re I mean, look, the thing is that even people that are that extreme usually don't just blatantly state that. Like, that is wild. They're creating this false dichotomy where there's this side arguing that we're allowed to rape people. They're just trying to manipulate. That's desperation is what it is. And look, you could look this stuff up. I mean, actually, I'll just look really quickly because I believe it'll probably pop up. I wasn't going to get into it, but, you know, the, the history around this. If it just pops up, I will, it might even be under these, under what they posted. Now it doesn't look like it. Or, you know what, maybe it was under the video itself. Yep, there it is. And look, this this shouldn't be used as a way to say, no, this is the real picture. The point is that people in powerful positions can and often throughout history abuse those positions. But the point is, all sorts of examples. IDF Colonel Rabbi implies rape is permitted in war. And that, that was called out by The Guardian. I actually was going to go over the other day and just didn't get, get into it. But he's a rabbi. 
Israeli soldiers accused of raping 11-year-old girls. 17 Israeli soldiers investigated a rape case. The deceased Israeli soldier bo- boasted about raping Palestinian women. Israeli army officer convicted of raping Palestinian women. Israeli guards rape Palestinian women. Israeli suspect, right? This is AP, Guardian. Looks like CBA, uh, what is that? In any case, corporate media. Times of Israel. Guess I guess we just ignore all of that reported from corporate media and point to things we can't prove and act like that's the one we should care about. How about we care about anybody, anywhere who is a civilian who feels that they were manipulated, stolen from, abused, sexually or otherwise, and investigate to make sure it's all valid with any circumstance. As much as it's supposed to be like taboo, you know as well as I that people lie about terrible things for any number of reasons. We shouldn't assume that either. It's called being objective. Now, here is where I think that we're coming to the point where it's that transparent that people, by the way, I clearly passed my mark. So you can all laugh at me all you want. <laughs> Took too long in the beginning. So be it. But to the point is that this is now even bleeding over into corporate media, which I was making from in the beginning or making the point from the beginning. I don't ever for a second think this means that suddenly the BBC is being honest or any of them. Like, it's almost kind of shocking to me that people will assume that. Like, now you believe the BBC? It's like, what are you talking about? There are comments like that. below. It's like, not even remotely. The point is that there's many examples where these people, because it's a business, I already made this point before, or any number of other reasons they might suddenly start doing this. It is, I mean, I think the most rare in this circumstance to be, to be, suddenly pointing it out about Israel though. And that's why a lot of us, I mean, I think David Icke just posted something about this going like, this is very strange, but kind of leads to the same point that I was saying that there, there's, this is not because they're being honest, but there's clearly an agenda here. It could be saving their own butts certainly, or some other agenda. So just be very skeptical and always ask that question. Even with the kind of propaganda we'll end with here in regard to what the Shifa hospital and the tunnels I'm, I'm genuinely asking, are we supposed to be seeing through this? It's that, I mean, kindergarten level, like it's embarrassing, but maybe not. I don't know, but always ask that question. But just because they, you're supposed to see through it doesn't mean it's not still important to point out that they're lying. So the average person who thinks this is all the day one narrative can see it too. It's important, but question everything, guys. It's not just a tagline. I mean that. But as I said, it's incredible to see that even the BBC is exposing the lies that are incessantly coming out of the Israeli government. Again, I think this is happening simply because even the BBC can see the writing on the wall, right? Which means that they see that nobody's buying it, that everyone's calling them out, that they're rapidly losing their viewership. You know, that's the kind of thing I'm pointing out or consider that there might be an agenda. But it says the world sees right through this. Now, this is actually an important clip because not only do they point out the lies in regard to what they showed you yesterday, but they catch things that, 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 I, well, that nobody saw, in fact, because they got a different view and they caught a discrepancy that I'm surprised they would call out because they're BBC. But again, what I just said. Described the Al-Shifa hospital as the main headquarters for Hamas's terrorist activity. This IDF animation posted in late October claims to represent a Hamas tunnel system underneath the hospital. But having been inside Al-Shifa since early Wednesday, Israel's yet to produce evidence of the tunnels. It has allowed the BBC and Fox News to film at the hospital, though only locations of Israel's choice. This is what they found. See, even saying that, I've just, I've never heard them cover Israel like this. Like what he just said there seems to suggest, 
like an honest journalist would, well, that that means there, there's a gap right there. If they're only allowing you to look where they tell you to look, that means we don't know what else is going on elsewhere. Isn't that crazy? Like that, that's the kind of thing that an honest journalist would say, but you only ever hear it about Iran and North Korea. And you know, isn't it interesting though? I'll let it play out from here. Israel also released its own seven minute video, which see and Fox News to film at the hospital, though only locations of Israel's choice. This is what they found. Israel also released its own seven minute video, which BBC Verify has analyzed. A watch visible in that video suggests it was filmed a few hours before the BBC arrived. And this IDF video was posted, then deleted, then reposted. This time without a section referring to an Israeli soldier who'd been held hostage. I don't know when this was used the last time. Also in the video, we see a room with an MRI machine. And if you zoom in and we get some light over here, what you will be able to see are is military equipment. The BBC was shown the same room. And what we see in the two videos doesn't precisely match. For example, there's one gun in the IDF video, two by the time of the BBC footage. Look at that. I guess I will stop it. <laughs> but also, the bigger point, look what else is missing all of a sudden. One, they added one of those weird bags, which who knows why. But look at what's gone. Look at what's not behind it anymore. The box that everybody caught. It's gone. I mean, come on, guys. This is blatant. Right? So look at the first one. That's the box we're talking about. Right? Because the box was shown. They carried these boxes in. You can tell by the same. It's the same thing. And people are arguing they must have carried the guns in or whatever else. Not for, we don't can't prove that, but that's interesting. With these like cartoonish, large taped on labels that say medical supplies. It's like, it's just so ridiculous when they've been clearly not helping them for, for any reason. And then right before they're going to go in when they want to prove, so, oh, we're bringing medical supplies. It's a joke. But look at that. Not only are they adding guns and acting like that makes sense when they're telling you it's unedited, and, but they removed the box. And the point I was going to say, since I did stop it, was that the people keep pointing out the MRI machine, the guns, metal, and so on, which it's a fair point, but it, it, it doesn't really hold water in the long, because you could argue they placed it there right, you know, afterward, they only put it there in off hours, blah, 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 right? Or that the room was not used and the MRI machine there to cover, I, I, who knows? The point is that it, if it's on, that the magnetic aspect of the MRI machine wouldn't, it wouldn't, the, the guns being there wouldn't make sense. It would cause a problem or whatever else. So that it's, it's a point to make, but on top of that too, it was the, uh, where was it? The watch thing. I was going to say that I just don't know how that was relevant. So it proves they filmed this before BBC was let in. Let me know what you think about that. If that, if I'm missing the relevance of that. We see a room with an MRI machine. And if you zoom in and we get some light over here, what you will be able to see are military right equipment. The BBC was shown the same no box. And what we see in the two videos doesn't precisely match. For example, there's one gun in the IDF video, two by the time of the BBC footage. And the point being that they told them that this was the statics, like, you know, no edits, kind of the scene. And obviously that's not true. Israel has told BBC Verify this is because more weaponry and terrorist assets were discovered throughout the day. Okay, so does that mean they found them in that corner? Clearly not. They added a gun from somewhere else. How does that even remotely make sense? So they found a gun somewhere else and then tossed it in this area and didn't tell them until after they addressed that there was a discrepancy? They have been destroyed, narrative-wise. I mean, this is bad. It's just unreal.
And that it just so you understand it, don't miss the relevance here. They are actively orchestrating the scene, and even BBC called it out. Now, we should ask whether we're supposed to see that for some reason, and maybe we'll find out why that is. But in the meantime, just make sure that you're pointing this out to the people who are still on October 7th, day one narrative here. They're lying, and they get caught lying in real time. And as always, an AK-47. Israel also says its video is a single shot with no edits. But this appears to be an edit. Right there. I'm surprised I didn't catch that. Definitely an edit. I looked at the other one, too. Uh, Orwell's saying that there is uh, Hebrew writing under the guns. Let's look real quick. And we get some light over here. What you will be able to see are is military equipment. The BBC was shown the same room. And what we see in the two videos doesn't precisely match. For example, there's one gun in the IDF not, not video, exactly, two but... by the time of the BBC footage. Hmm. Israel has told BBC Verify this is because more weaponry and terrorist assets were discovered throughout the day. And as always, an AK-47. Israel also says its video is a single shot with no edits. But this appears to be an edit. We don't know the reasons for that edit, nor how significant it is. The IDF, though, says suggestions it's manipulating the media are incorrect. The IDF video also shows military equipment in... That's it. Incorrect. <laughs> Wrong answer. ...other locations, though we can't verify how it came to be there. So ridiculous. And what we see in this IDF video doesn't equate to Israel's description of al-Shifa as an operational command center for yeah, Hamas. Obviously. The U.S. is using a different phrase, saying al-Shifa was used as a command and control node. <laughs> that implies a much smaller facility. Yeah. Israel is adamant. So, so just right there, realize that means that the U.S. government is still right now actively gaslighting for their narrative right now. Because Kirby, after the fact, came in and no, no, we're shift. No, it's just an active command node. Well, that's not what anybody said. You played a video that showed a huge section, which even they play in this video. Uh, Orwell's saying that it was basically right beneath those guns. So make sure that she's when you look, it's apparently underneath those two guns, the, the, the writing. But I mean, guys, this is just this hospital was a command center. But for now, at least it's either not found supporting evidence or it's not sharing it. Back to you. Sir. Wow. Just from BBC, it just it just kind of blows my mind. Now, even CNN, which we're not going to get into, it's a longer clip, but this says CNN's shifting stance on Netanyahu reveals a strategic change driven not by newfound principles. That's the important part for all of this. But as this person argues, by a recognition that the once valuable U.S. asset has now become a liability. Well, I don't think CNN is even in the like to pretend that like the CNN is involved with deciding whether it's an asset or not. That's, that's kind of interesting to me. They're just a propaganda platform. I think they get directed. But either way, as a business, there's still an element of this that needs to be like you find this in any of these conversations. Right. Like right now, even the U.S. government or even like France, for example, places that are clearly on their side are kind of going, stop killing children, man. Like we can't defend this. So now even they're kind of maybe this is the U.S. government trying to apply pressure to their propaganda platforms to not be so blatantly committing genocide. I don't know. But it's just interesting to see. Right. The why of it, you guys can guess all day long, but it's interesting to see these platforms going a different direction. Now, Mike Ben simply says, or it's because the corporate backers behind CNN's intelligence backers want to open up Iranian oil and gas, and Netanyahu government is the only thing standing in their way. Interesting take, right? 
kind of amazing how profit and newfound principles coverage. The point is that, you know, so without Israel, they can suddenly start dealing with Iran, which I'm not saying I don't, it may, logically would make sense, but I don't think there's too many war hawks in the U.S. government, I think, that are blindly, aggressively pro, like Biden is a proud Zionist. I don't think that's going to shift. I, I more so think this is about trying to save face and, and avoid going to jail. That would be my gut right now and why this is beginning to shift. But now what's interesting is as we see BBC, CNN, corporate media, ever across the board, they're starting to kind of go, you know, we see it. We're maybe even going to have to call it out a little bit from the U.S. side of it. And then bases get attacked in Syria and Iraq. Now, I'm not saying that because that's happened a lot. And I can prove to you that many of these have been the PMU, Iraq military, Syria military assets, so on. I, I, I genuinely don't think this is Iran attacking these bases, but I guarantee Iran supports it. Sure. These are a- allies of theirs. Absolutely. And it could be. I just doesn't seem to line up for me. I think this is obviously an occupied territory in both senses. And the PMU is part it overlaps into Syria and Iraq. And they don't like what's happening as they've continued to bomb them for any reason. It's yelling Iran over the last decade. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So I don't think they even need much of a reason, especially since they don't even need a they don't need to be fired. To, uh, their, their acts are legal, legal under international law because they are an occupied territory and they have a right to armed rebellion against a military installation. Now, look, here's an interesting overlap, by the way. It's a military base. So because there might be civilians at that base, does not then make like that. That is the idea of when they bring civilians into the base. If an entity that has a legal standing to fire on that base that's a military target. Like it's, it's the U.S. responsibility for bringing civilians into a hostile occupied entity like Israel and occupied Palestine. But in no way am I justifying or condoning attacks on civilians. In fact, I don't condone war, quite frankly. But nonetheless, the point is that this is something that's been ongoing. But I find it very telling and interestingly enough that the account that posts this, Mossad commentary. Interesting. Smoke bills from the hangars at American base. According to the reports, this was done after a drone attack by an Iranian proxy. I mean, I'm even wondering who's filming this. In any case, <clears throat> is it not possible that Israel might attack U.S. bases in areas they want to justify for the claim on Iran and tie to Hamas to pressure the U.S. into stopping pointing these things out? If you don't think that happens or has already happened many times in the past, you really don't understand the situation. Israel is actually present in a lot of these, in Iraq specifically, and Syria. We proved to you that Iraq, they were using U.S. passports, falsified U.S. passports that the U.S. government allowed them to use to get into these locations. So it's not hard to wrap our minds around that they would do this in order to send a message or be involved with 9-11, in fact, or any of these other aspects that we can prove. So I think this is interesting. I think we're going to begin to see more random strikes on these bases that might very well be a Mossad asset kind of thing to drive U.S. action the more the U.S. starts to claim they can not support what's happening here. Just to, just my personal thought. Now, into the Al Shifa hospital point, we're going to finish with this. Here's my, let's see if it loads for me here. Israel caught lying about Al Shifa hospital. We did this yesterday. Come on. Nice. It's going to load. <clears throat> add this too so I don't forget. I think it's already in there. Good. Now, we just covered this yesterday. 
And this went into the absurdity of what they were showing and the, the, at the laptop itself and a lot of other points. So let's start. Oh, that was the thing too. This was, I'll include this. This is the one from yesterday. The one that they blurred out because it showed the, the supposed hostage that appears to have never been taken. That was posting on October 12th and was an IDF member anyway, which would make that a legal military target. But also now it turns out the keys were in Hebrew and they mean everything. I mean, and then again, the first one they posted, which I think somebody down here actually says, yeah, it says no cuts, no edits, just the undeniable truth. And then deletes that and then cuts that part out of the message. <laughs> so we assume it was cut and it was edited and there wasn't truth, right? I mean, it's just, it's just pretty ridiculous. But let's bring this to the point we got into yesterday specifically, which was about the tunnel they claimed they found, right? Remember this? It's the image we used on the, the focus today. This shot, remember? After all of it, they claimed, oh, look, we found a tunnel kind of over here, tangential to the Shir Ishiba hospital. It was tiny that apparently they claim were cemented up before that happened and that we're supposed to believe a bulldozer got out. It just made, it made no sense on its face. But now, less than 24 hours later, it's already been exposed as a water reservoir. The tunnel the IDF dug up has now been proven to be this water reservoir. This is why they didn't film inside the tunnel, which wasn't a tunnel. Now, she says the second, this is the second time, in fact, Israel claims a water reservoir was at a hospital, was a Hamas tunnel. This has already been caught, by the way. This, been, this wasn't even just covered by Al Jazeera. I've seen this before. Investigation disproves Israel claim of Hamas tunnel under Gaza hospital. That's not a tunnel. Now, let me, right, let me get you the, the date on this, too. This was November 8th. And this was covered by corporate media, just so you know. Look into it. You'll see for yourself. Wider perspective shot of the water reservoir Israel claimed was a Hamas tunnel. Notice the orange pipe and the round concrete manhole cover, which this is we point we were pointing out in the one yesterday. Now, photos show how this type of septic tank water reservoir looks like above ground. The pipe that would lead in and out of the tank can also be seen. This is not a Hamas tunnel, the IDF claimed. Now, actually, here, I can grab... Um, let me just do this. I've got my main shot from today. Oh, actually, I got it right here. That'll work. So here's the side-by-side -side that she was sharing. Oh, actually, here... I don't like the things in the way. There it is. I just cut it myself. So here you can see this is what it was, essentially. And this is what it ended up as. I mean, it's really obvious. Going forward, <clears throat> it says, oh, and this was, here's how the underground sewage tank looks before they bulldozed it to make it look like a Hamas tunnel at Al Shifa Hospital. And this is, this is an image of this location. It says, the, no wonder the IDF didn't want to go inside and film. Even chat GPT recognized it as a sewage or storm water, storm, storm water management system, not a Hamas tunnel. This is from chat GPT. The image depicts a collapsed underground structure with visible concrete slabs, broken pipes, and reinforcement bars. Given the presence of concrete and the apparent depth of the structure, as well as the conduit and piping, it's most likely that this was part of a sewage or storm water management system. These systems often consist of large underground concrete tanks and tunnels, and you get the point. She says this comes after the IDF was exposed. This is one I hadn't even seen, by the way, for claiming that an elevator shaft was a Moss tunnel. This was also yesterday. Oh, no, this was, yeah, this was yesterday. Oh, the 14th, excuse me. And this one, it says, this is an elevator, not a tunnel. The electric box contains three-phase in, in, inverter for, elect, elect, uh, excuse me, elevator motors. You know, it's, it's like they think we're this stupid. The cabin slides on the metal rails and the, the flat cable connects the cabin to the electrical box. 
This was called out by a hell of a lot of people. Here's the idea of opening up the elevator shaft on the roof of the children's hospital, not at quite the secret Hamas tunnel we were promised. <clears throat> the question is begged, do they think we are this stupid or just that's this stupid themselves? And the best part, here's a video about the investigation that exposed the last time the Israelis lied about the Hamas tunnel at the hospital that turned out to be a water reservoir. Time and again, the Israeli army has accused Hamas of using hospitals as convenient cover for its fighters and elaborate system of tunnels. Thus, it says, making hospitals fair game for its bombing campaign in Gaza. The list of hospitals Israel says are complicit include Al-Shifa Hospital, Al-Quds Hospital, and most recently, the Sheikh Hamad bin Khalifa Hospital for Rehabilitation and Prosthetics. Great, so that's what, eight hospitals now they've been bombing? Also known as the Qatari Hospital. On November 5th, Hey, the Is- I guess it is Qatari. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's what it is. Israeli army published a video on X, formerly Twitter. It claims to reveal that. the entrance to a tunnel used by Hamas fighters. Seen here in this Israeli drone footage, it shows something resembling a hatch or portal near the hospital's entrance. Enter Al Jazeera's digital investigations team, Sanad. It decided to take a closer look at the video behind this latest Israeli allegation. It started by identifying features surrounding this opening and cross-referencing those features with satellite images to determine its exact location. Actually, uh, Marshall just great, made a great point in the chat. Let's not forget, yesterday the hospital reported that they blew up the water main or the water infrastructure for the hospital, right? That was reported before they claimed they found a tunnel. So there's another connected point right there that they did this to make it look like a tunnel and in the process very clearly blew up the water infrastructure. Great point, Marshall. The team also uncovered footage filmed during the construction of the hospital published eight years ago. One of the clips reveals the construction of an underground, isolated, and enclosed structure in the exact location of the opening in question. The video makes plain that the construction Israel alleges to be a Hamas tunnel took place while the hospital complex was being built. According to the images in this archival video, this structure is not only not connected to any underground tunnel system, but after further analysis, our digital investigations team found that this structure is nothing more than a water reservoir. To further verify its finding, the team tracked down one of the original engineers who worked on the construction of the Qatari hospital. عملت لشهور في مشروع إنشاء المستشفى الشيخ حمد الأطراف الصناعية جيش الاحتلال عرض في الجهة الشرقية من المستشفى فوهة خرسانية كان عبارة عن فوهة لخزان مياه تحت الأرض يطل منه فوق سطح الأرض فوهة خرسانية وغطاء معدني وأنبوب للتهوية الذي يستخدم لإخراج وتصريف الهواء بعد دخول المياه إلى الخزان By cross-referencing his diagram with the images in the video released by the Israeli army, our digital investigations team was able to clearly identify a pressure equalization pipe commonly used for water and fuel tanks or reservoirs. Its conclusion, the only thing this video confirms is that there is a water tank on the property. 
not a tunnel used by Hamas fighters. And this is why when they released those ridiculous graphics like they showed at the Al Shifa, it, they just, it, it, I mean, that might prove, like, it might connect with the truth. What they're showing in this 3D computerized thing they've made might be the reality, or they could have just made it up on their computer. Like, it just, it kind of blows me away the level of just blind trust people show for a government that's continually caught lying. But let's show you another one that's really incredible. Now, this one is just laughable. I mean, this gets worse than before. <clears throat> and as I said, this gets more and more ridiculous. So after two days, mind you, they just apparently discover a spotless, spotless clean truck, apparently right outside in plain view with some guns and ammo in it, they claim, that we're told. They claim it was booby-trapped. Okay, so then if it's booby-trapped, why in the world did they leave this well-prepared 10 guns and ammo that he claims? You'll see what I mean. Let's watch this clip first. Here in the city of Gaza, in the heart of the city of Gaza, in Shifa Hospital, and this is what Hamas is trying to hide from you. We found a vehicle filled with ammunition, uh, RPGs, AK-47s. We okay. As far as I can see, I see three guns. Three, unless I look maybe over the far left, there's a couple more. But let's just let's just be generous and go ahead and say that's ten guns. And then a whole bunch of clips, which it doesn't even look like they actually have bullets in them, quite frankly. You guys tell me. This, I, it's just, if this was that, why would they not do this better? I just don't understand. But anyway, the point is that you got, uh, this is, as I think Alan, Alan McLeod kind of macabrely joked, less than what you'd find in some American shooter's bedroom, right? Like, this is ridiculous. But this is enough to justify some Hamas stronghold? Seems ridiculous to me on its face. See handcuffs, knives, preparation for taking hostages from Israel. And, and what are they blurring out right there? What exactly is that? I don't know. But it just so that means they took the time to edit this before they put it out. See, they're not going to make that laptop mistake again, or probably they will. Yeah, look, I think there's what three, four more guns right there, bunch of grenades. You know, or so we're assuming. I mean, I don't know why they would use fake stuff, but it seems like right up their, their, right up their alley to use something that seems to be easy to debunk. And, and drills and stuff. I mean, I don't know. This just screams, at the very least, pretty inconsequential in any real context. More so something that they planted there, quite frankly. From Israel on the attack of... And, I mean, obviously, that's my opinion. But I think it's obviously something we should be asking with how many times they've already been exposed for lying and orchestrating the scene they show you. In uh, October 7th, as you can see, they were very well prepared. And where they're hiding all of this well equipment prepared. is... So, to few, so ten, 10 guns and some ammo is well prepared. See, this is the game they play with people that don't understand warfare or military engagement. Not to say that I'm an expert, but I've learned this over the years in this work. Like when they show you what they find in these places, they go, man, look at that. They were, but in real sense, you're talking like a few minutes of engagement. And, and the point is that's not well-prepared. This is, this is a joke in, in an argument. This is some kind of command center. Remember, well-prepared, he says. Hospital, a place that's supposed to be for humanitarian aid. No, it's not. It's in a truck you claim was adjacent to the hospital. So it's, that's definitely not, even under the rules of war, that's not a war crime, but they just want to make it all about the hospital, right? And again, another Toyota, right? <laughs> another Toyota. They have all this evil hidden here. All As this evil. See, 
We are in the heart of the hospital. And this is where they choose to hide everything because they know the IDF won't attack. The Air Force won't attack here. Oh, really? Really? So let me get this straight. So you're telling us you can bomb these hospitals, which you have been. So that's obviously a lie. Because they're there. And you've been saying this for years, decades. But yet you're telling us they believe that if they're there, you won't bomb them, despite you publicly saying that you will if they're there. Yeah, let that sink in how dumb that is. So they use the hospital as human shields. <laughs> I mean, my God. Yeah, I, I, I said it right at the beginning how clean the spotless truck was. But I mean, this, this is embarrassing. The, the lies they spin to just blatantly state the, their manufactured reality for people that blindly repeat it. Are you really suggesting, one, that the IDF won't bomb these locations in any case, which they obviously have throughout history, or that you won't be, they, like, the, you, knowing they're there, you wouldn't bomb them, and that's why they went there? I mean, it's just, it's a lie on its face. As they're literally coming out of a hospital they just bombed. I just... <laughs> I, I don't even know how to explain that. That is just one of the stupidest things I've seen in this process. As I said, discover they, so it's just after two days, right? So you're telling me that they went in this hospital, they surrounded this hospital, but somehow they, or they didn't secure the area or they did. And they missed an open truck full of weapons. But here's the craziest part. So he said it was a well-prepared truck full of ammo and stuff, right? But here's what the tweet says. In the Shifa Hospital complex, which doesn't even seem like it's in the complex, IDF troops found a hidden booby-trapped vehicle. Okay, first of all, why would they leave all their equipment in a booby-trapped truck? Okay, so first of all, that just seems silly to me, but whatever. Let alone if they were well-prepared. So you're telling me they put all their well-prepared gear in a truck that you were going to explode? And then why didn't it explode? I guess we'll just believe that they dismantled it somehow when they didn't know it was there for two days. I just, this, I just, it's, this is cartoonish. And as I said, on top of that, and do, do you know how absurd, oh, this is what I already said, how absurd it is for him to say that Hamas uses these locations because they know IDF won't attack hospitals as they repeatedly attack hospitals, saying publicly that they do because Hamas is there. I just, that, that speaks for itself. Now, this is just people commenting. They say, so no one in the tunnel or inside the hospital, but a random vehicle? <laughs> this more than 30 hours after you've been inside the area? Same points we're making. I just think we'll show, people, show you that people are calling it out. And then this, this guy perfectly writes, two days later, you know, from SpongeBob SquarePants, which obviously just doesn't make sense. Two days later to find this parked vehicle right outside the parking lot? Okay. Oh, and then I wanted to go through their postings here just for really quickly, and it's just updated right there. Siren sounded northern Israel. IDF's operating in Hamas and Gaza. Sirens have been sounding in northern Israel every day for over two weeks. Okay, so as you're bombing and murdering children and genociding and mass displacing, they've been stressed about those sirens. Whew, I, that's, that's really upsetting. I'm really not trying to diminish what Israelis may be scared about, but it's kind of hard to care about some sirens when you're murdering children as we read this. But it's, that's why it's not really working. And here, here's more graphics, guys, because graphics prove, don't they? 
Normal hospitals don't have weapons hidden behind MRI machines. So it seems that they're just letting it stand with that's everything. <laughs> Apparently that's all they got. A bag that you could have placed behind an MRI machine. Bodies of hot trying to get ahead or that people are pointing out that doesn't make sense. Bodies of hostages lying around their complexes. Do you mean one that you claim you found? One, which is what they're talking about. This one. That's it. In an area that you just got done indiscriminately bombing. So is it not at least possible that you killed them? No. Even if we did, it was Hamas's fault. Well, so then, yes, it is possible. Okay. Terrorist tunnels and headquarters under them. So now you're just continuing with that line? Headquarters? Are you, I mean, th this, I don't even understand how they can, they said this wasn't, even John Kirby walked that back. And when they say command center, they pointed at a waiting room with like four guns in it. And nothing, that was really nothing but that. This is ridiculous. Monsters under the bed. It says, check out this daily newsletter in which we discuss Hamas's use of civilian homes and hide weapons under their children's beds. Do I need to play the human shields clip again? Right? Realize that even the UN investigated a while back, didn't find evidence that they were using human shields. Doesn't mean they haven't. I, I can almost guarantee they have at some point. But my point is that they didn't prove it, meaning it wasn't a widespread practice. And right now, it's very clearly not happening. They have not shown any evidence of this, not once. Any of the things they've been bombing. Exposed. Our troops removed. Oh, and the other point was that clip shows you that Israel has continued to do so. Maybe I'll play it on the way out. The neighbor procedure. I mean, it's a public policy. They even wrote that they would stop using the human shield aspect before they shifted to the neighbor policy when they were called out for it. So on the record, they said, we'll stop doing it, but didn't stop. Now, again, it says exposed. Our troops removed two trucks full of weapons. I guess we'll just believe them from an Islamic Jihad post yesterday. I mean, it's just gotten so ridiculous that how do we know any of this is actually real? I mean, I, how bad this is, I'm willing to bet you can look up those images probably from 2005. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's how ridiculous this has gotten. I don't know, though. Sirens sounding in Tel Aviv. Well, they sound sirens for, for basically nothing. And the rockets they are firing are very minimal damaging in the first place. I'm not trying to minimize what they're going through. I mean, even though that's really what's happening right now, I'm not trying to do that because I care about civilians anywhere, but it's really hard for me, really because it's being stated by the Israeli government, which makes me wonder whether it's even happening, but it's impossible not to be outraged about the ignorance, ignoring what's going on to these people over here while they're pointing at sirens. But here it says, Hamas hides weapons and operations under civilian infrastructure, schools and mosques, and its bases are embedded intricately inside them. So they're just really continuing this narrative, even though... And they're pointing at things like the Al-Shifa hospital, even though it almost just got proven that they're lying. And they show these small little things with a couple of guns and some ammo. Taking a brief and, and, and what should be unnecessary pause to remind everyone who is confused. Osama bin Laden was a genocidal terrorist. They just tapped into Western, Western narratives. And then it says IDF operations in Gaza overnight. Troops located in a school which Hamas terrorists were hiding in and eliminated them. Don't you think that if this was actually what was going on, that we'd be shown this? What we get is a picture of a room with weapons on the ground. Could be. Here's another one. Terrorists operating within hospitals can be hard to pill to swallow. Here's some proof, they say. Proof. Okay, let's look at the proof. Of a room that we can't verify. Okay. Al-Quds Hospital, okay. 
Hamas terrorist with an RPG. Well, how do we know it's a Hamas terrorist and how we know it's an RPG? That's pretty weak right there. You know, like last time when they showed you, I mean, I, I look, I mean, look, look closely that I don't, that honestly doesn't even look like an RPG to me. That looks like a ladder or something, but I don't, let's just say it even was. How do we know it's a member of the, not the member of the IDF? Look, I'm not trying to always, like the point is we don't know. They float things like this that they've already been proven wrong for. Don't forget, they showed you a man holding up a police baton and said he had a gun in the Al-Shifa hospital. Even the corporate media said it was a police baton. Look at him, that's not an RPG, I'm telling you, man. That's crazy. But anyway, go back. Okay, so that's it. A guy. Like, let's just say for sake of argument, it is Hamas with an RPG. So one member of Hamas carrying an RPG walks in a corridor around the hospital and suddenly you tell me... I mean, and that this is what they're showing. Where's the RPG? I see one, two, three, four, five, six guns and kind of the same juxtaposition of the random things you keep showing us. Here's a bottle. Here's a controller. Here's some, here's some grenades. But apparently that's all we need. A military vest inside a pillow. I mean, do I need to keep going? This is this, uh, look, a, mo- a Hamas motorcycle. That's a terrorist motorcycle. Wow. This person was abducted, they say. Her body was found and extracted next to the Al-Shifa hospital. So now they're claiming more than one, apparently. Guys, they're killing people with what they're doing. I'm not going to say for one second that Hamas wouldn't be capable of killing hostages or detainees. But what I'm going to tell you right now is an absolute fact. They're bombing these locations. And then they go into the location and they find dead people. How can we not go, maybe they killed them with their bombing before they knew where they were? That seems like willful ignorance, obviously. But to finish. Oh, here's another one I wanted to show this again. They just keep, they, remember, they've already proven that two of these they've released have been, I mean, proven. BBC did an investigation. I think it was a somebody else. And that's not why. It's because other people that I do actually believe their word, they looked into this. I think it was Mint Press and other people. And the point was they proved this was recorded in two separate locations that put together. And they claimed they proved they were doing this, even though experts that Robert spoke to said they don't even use this technology because they know they can get listed. It's ridiculous. But here's another one. Today, how do you justify using baby strollers to transfer weapons intended to kill innocents? Listen to two Islamic Jihad terrorists do just that. Or so we're told. Here's an audio recording for people who have already been caught lying about audio recordings. Go. (laughs) Now, how much you want to bet they use this to justify bombing baby strollers that are walking down the way when they tell them to flee? Well, they used a baby stroller, so therefore that pregnant woman with a baby stroller, we're going to bomb. Sounds like what they would do. Anyway, Cuds News points out something that has been reported around from from both the general, the, the director of the hospital, from Cuds News, from many others that have reported this that were there, including uh, New Nor Ado, who's been reporting on the situation in general. Director General of the Ministry of Health, speaking to Al Jazeera, says the Israeli army stole about 145 dead bodies from the Al-Shifa hospital. Now, why would they do that? And the mass grave in the courtyard that they put these bodies in that were dying because they couldn't treat them and took them in trucks and we don't know what they did with them. Think about how alarming that is, which I shared hashtag uh, false flag watch. You know, this is exactly what we've talked about in the past and what Israel's even been caught for doing in the past. When these show up somewhere else with a mass casualty event, something we should think about. 
145 bodies that they, they took. Why would they do that? Very concerning to me. Thank you to We Are All Gaza for pointing this out. Now here, just update for you. The situation inside Al-Shifa Hospital was reported today continues to deteriorate. The conditions are horrific. Doctor, director of the hospital told Al Jazeera another preemie has died, a premature baby. ICU patients are dying in a matter of time. I think actually we just, no, this was, this was, the, no, this is the one from today. Yeah, this is nine, nine hours ago. Patients are dying of sepsis and excruciating pain. Patients who were on life support are all gone. Okay. So imagine you're in another point, another hospital where this was happening too. Like, and maybe Shoni Luke was hooked up to life support because she was shot in the head by an IDF member when she was fleeing the concert. This is what happens after they go in, bomb the hospital, and run everybody out. People on life support die. Baby incubators die. We need to ask these questions. Now it says the patients we fought to keep alive were helpless. Patients are dying of sepsis, excruciating pain, moving. Uh, both docs and soldiers don't allow any movement, but they're risking their lives to evacuate bodies of the dead to save the living. Garbage continues to pile up. Prime for infections. Situation in Indonesia hospital is equally catastrophic. Video emerged from these showing patients and are, are injured on the floor while doctors look in despair. I can't even imagine what they're going through. In one video, an older asthma, asthma patient died because doctors didn't have medicine to give him. Died from asthma. Many of the injured who need complex operations that would usually be transferred to Shifa are waiting in agony with slim chances for survival. 150 bodies arrived at the hospital today. Every, ev elsewhere, specifically in the eastern neighborhoods of Gaza City, airstrikes and artillery shelling continue. The ambulances can't reach the injured and there is nowhere to take them. Residents give first aid to the injured, but that's not enough. Out, the Baptist Al Ali hospital that they already bombed is completely isolated. It received many injured. God, man, they estimate that 800,000 Palestinians remain in Gaza City in Northern District. They're acting like they've already removed everybody. They haven't. Now, imagine what would look like to get worse than what we've already seen. Now, just a couple of points that Pat, this next part I wanted to show you under blindfolded and interrogated Al Jazeera's Hani Mahmoud. Malmud reported from Khan Yunus in the, in the south said more than 24 hours afterward, Israel troops raided the compound. They have failed to produce any evidence that links Hamas to the Al Shifa hospital point. Unfortunately, this failure is confirming just resulting in causing more massive destruction in the hospital, renewed attacks on its building and redeploying troops at the gates. So after they realized that they didn't find what they were claiming, they just triple down and continue to hurt people. The specialized surgeries building was damaged from the inside, clearly not by accident. Israeli soldiers blew up a warehouse for medicine and medical equipment inside the hospital. Because Hamas was there? Obviously not. The witnesses reported about 200 people being blindfolded and interrogated and taken to unknown areas. We already reported this. This is just despicable. These aren't Hamas members we're talking about. Not even they're claiming they got Hamas members. Quote, all of this is happening under heavy cover of airstrikes and tank shelling around the Al-Shifa hospital. Right. Which is likely where these people got killed. The detainees that they refused to take home. More than once. Mutsafa Barghouti, the general secretary of the Palestinian National Initiative, described the Israeli invasion of Al-Shifa, the mother of all scandals saying he questioned why the Israeli's army has said it needs to occupy hospitals for days to find evidence. It's a very good point. In the process, they've endangered the lives of hospital patients, hospital staff. 
it's despicable. Now, to wrap this up in general, let's not forget, like we showed you, this is the person they said was found near the Al-Shifa hospital. And I guess just because they were found there, then default Hamas, right? Because that's what intelligent people do, they assume. Now, there's an, this was put out today. Breaking, a third Israeli hostage has died in the hands of Hamas. Very clearly more than three. And very clearly not because Hamas is doing something, but because they're bombing these areas. Not to, not to suggest that that's not also what's happening. But what I'm saying is we can prove that they've already killed hostages or detainees because of their bombing. So to act like this is, you know, it's just a very, very transparent game where they don't care about these people. And that, again, despite the Ezra Levance of the world in the United States or Canada, claiming this is the, the Israelis are screaming that they're responsible. There's a very weird Western control over the, what we're supposed to think is happening. 86-year-old Zalmanovich can be seen in a Hamas video, I'll play it for you, lying down saying, I don't feel good. Now, I'm going to be very clear about this. That video is weird and creepy and just, in, in a, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's being used as propaganda, even though the point that's being made is that he's dying because of what Israel's doing. And of course, they'll just spin that into however they want it to be. But nonetheless, the way they do it with the music, it's very, very unsettling, which seem, which suggests a lack of humanity from the people doing it. The same way I would say about an Israeli doing it. But it says, they, it says in a second clip, his dead body is shown to the camera. So let's, let's look at that first. This is somebody showing the video, and here's what they say. What a gesture showing by Hamas that why I called Hamas has some humanity instead of Israel. Hamas published this video claiming to show an 86-year-old Israeli in critical condition, then showing his dead body, which is blurred. Appears to say, I don't feel good before the video cuts. Now, here's what they actually said, which you're not getting this from pretty much any Israeli or Western reporting. Now, why wouldn't they say what Hamas actually said and then just go, but they're lying or we don't believe them? That really does speak to kind of cultivating a very clear narrative and not showing what they actually said, which was, and they could be lying, of course. The detainee, card number, lists off the number, received intensive care, which completely lines up with what they've done with everybody else and what they've said they've been allowed after they've been released, even though Israel didn't want them. And after recovering, he was returned to his place of detention and, do, and died due to panic attacks, they claim. I don't, I don't know why that would make sense even, as a result of repeated bombings around his place of detention, knowing that he suffered from chronic diseases, including heart diseases. Now, Still don't think the panic attack lines up, but it's certainly possible. But let's remember, that's the Israel's go-to ally. They just made that point about the sirens. They constantly go pan panic attacks and, and anxiety attacks because of the bombings. So it's interesting that it gets thrown back at them right now and they act like they don't, doesn't matter. So now we're, now are we allowed to ignore when you use that allegation about the rockets? There's so, uh, so much hypocrisy flying around. Now, my point is that no matter what you think happened, you must realize that Israel's had, what, four chances now to get these people back, and they've refused every time. And I'll prove it to you right, out of the, right from their own words and Israeli media. So even if Hamas literally murdered this guy, you have to understand that Israel has refused it more, more, more than once. So if you're an Israeli, that should infuriate you. And then, of course, not forget that they propped up Hamas, which led to why this happened. So it's pretty much their fault either way you look at it. But... On top of that, if you decide to at least consider whether they're telling the truth, which does line up with what other hostages have said, that they've got treatment and ate the same food and so on, that they that this person could have died because of the 
ongoing aspect of what Israel is doing. Now let's play the video, which is pretty damn creepy. So not music, but like the way they repeat him right there. It's just weird to me. And like an echo behind it. But, you know, you take that however you want. I, fi- I, I find it to be, you didn't need to do it like that to show people what happened. So this is Hamas taking advantage of this to use it for propaganda, which is gross to me. It re- Either way this goes. But the point, not, not but, but the point is that this is how it's being covered. Hamas claims 86-year-old hostage dies. Very strange that they would do it like that, right? Now suddenly it's not, like before it was, they died, it's Hamas's fault. Now it's like, well, I don't know, maybe they're lying about it. It's a weird way to go about it, which makes me very suspicious about why they would do it like that. Died in a heart attack in captivity. Well, I guess maybe you could read it as these claiming they died because of a heart attack. But see, this one says Hamas claims to show video of wounded Gaza. So you see what I mean? They really are undermining that that even is what happened. It's very weird. And that's all they say it on Jerusalem Post. Hamas published the video evening that claims to show this 86-year-old thought to be one of the 273 hostages. Thought to? You are you really pretending that you don't you can't verify? Well, that's why, because Israel has refused to like really engage where the well, who was it? What are the names? How old are they? Are the IDF members? But no, they just we'll deal with it afterward. That's what they're doing. So that's why they go, well, thought to be. Don't you think if they cared about these people, they would release their names and where they're from and what they, they put out some of these things. But this is why even Jerusalem Post is saying thought to be, because it's very interesting how they're holding back information. Wall Street Journal. And this is a different situation. Now, the, before we go past it, actually, so the point is this really sad video of a person who died, they're, that they say died. If Israel cared about these people, they would have brought them back four times by now. But let's not forget, as we just showed you, he made it clear. They only want to do this, as Vice News reported, using their military. Actually, let's look at that real quick. Israel wanted ground offensive before hostage deal. How do you read that in any other way other than our military objective is at least more important, even if it's secondarily that they're important, that's more important than the lives of our citizens. So you know what that is? Not a leader. That's a ruler who will use these people as a tool even if secondarily they're important to them. The leaders will put themselves between you and the danger at every cur- every cert turn, no matter what. What is up with this? Why is that? There it goes. Uh, what, let me find that one spot. It says, rejected the deal because he wanted to free captives using Israeli military. Well, I mean, you already read it for you, so we'll include this well as well. That's very clear to me right there. So on that note, Let's make sure we understand. This is not the first time. Hamas sets free two more hostages. But talks held up over release of larger group. Okay, there's no misunderstanding that. Now, you could go argue all day long that Hamas isn't going to do their part. But guys, they then go on to release the people they claimed for nothing. It's becoming, this is, again, why people are seeing through this. That's just objectively obvious. Now, you could argue it's a political, tactical move, 
and the rest of them, they won't. But you have to be honest that everything in front of you now points in one very clear direction. Hamas is trying to exchange to get aid and so on because they clearly would need it too. But they're the one that said, let UN handle it. So therefore we won't get any of it like Israel wants. But the point is that they then released them more than once. And every single time Israel says no. And now we have Vice News saying it's because they never wanted to anyway until they got what they wanted. Or they want to do it with the military, which pretty much means we'll kill some in the process. That's crazy. Now, this was on October 23rd. Now, here is Ynet News reporting the same discussion. A sign of life from two hostages. Palestinian Islamic Jihad psychological warfare. Yeah, Israel said no. That's the point. And then they released him anyway. Here, Hamas says Israel refused to receive two hostages. Israel calls it propaganda. It's the same story. I kind of out of, out of order a little bit, but the point is they set these people free. Now, look, my point is two more hostages, not exactly the same people. The point is they released two people like they said they would more than once already. Let's not forget. We already, oh, well, hold on. Did I miss, how did I miss? Oh, dang it. I must've accidentally closed it. Well, what, you remember the name. Maybe it's, oh, maybe I did that. Oh, that's why. Oh, no. Yeah. How did I miss that? Oh, well. You remember the people we talked about. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to find it real quick. No, it's not popping up. The point was she, she got returned and she said shalom, shook his hand, and she has since then, let's see. misspelled that or it's edgy sorry there we go come on work i guess not that's too bad well you remember you guys all know the story i want to include it for those that may not but it was those two women that got released and she shook his hand and so on so the point is more than once they've done this and every single one of them has said that, that they didn't hurt them they gave them feminine hygiene right so here on November 18th, or no, excuse me, this was October 14th. That's just, that's up here. So that's right before they end up releasing these hostages, okay? They say Israel won't negotiate with Hamas on hostages now. We'll remove it from power. What more does anybody need to see? They keep offering and then actually releasing them anyway, and Israel just keeps going, no, no, you're lying, fake news, psychological warfare. Then why are they releasing them? The bottom line is Israel does not want these people back because I think these people know exactly what was done to them. Or at the very least, will come out and say they didn't harm me based on what's already happened. So that's why I'll add this point to finish. Does it matter to you that Israel has twice, that now three or four times refused a hostage exchange? It really should because it shows you that they care more about the agenda than the prisoners themselves. But that will not stop them. But they'll sure as hell use the idea of those they've twice refused to rescue to progress the agenda. All by making you think the agenda is about rescuing the prisoners. When in reality, the agenda is what's killing the prisoners as they indiscriminately bomb where they're held. 
And here's the Wall Street or the Washington Post admitting that Hamas was proposing exactly what they keep saying isn't happening. Just painful, guys. Now, I'll end with a tweet from Dan Cohen showing you almost daily Hamas publishes videos of its fighters wasting Israeli soldiers in close combat. Meanwhile, Israel publishes images of soldiers punishing civilians, videos of symbolic but meaningless celebrations. Not hard to see what's happening. Now, you, you could argue this is a cultivated aspect and view and so on, but I got to be honest, from what I see and what is being shown on Twitter and elsewhere and what's even being reported by Israel, like he's pointing out, it's a very one-sided view. And it seems pretty clear to me that Hamas, just like they have in 2014 and other examples, are putting it to them right now. And that's not being reported. Oh, you know what? I See, I know I must have lost some images here or some, some tabs because I had something I was going to include right there. The point being that on top of that, there's a point about the Ukraine war, which I don't know how I misplaced that. Hold on. Let me look. Maybe I moved it over here. Hold on. I guess not. Oh, well, that was important, actually. That the, the, the bottom line being that they just admitted, that, oh, you know what? I think I could find it with this. Hold on. It would be fantasy. You guys are confused right now, I'm sure. I think I might have shared it on, on my Twitter account. Look, the point was that they're admitting that their thought process on the Ukraine war was misleading. The point is they're admitting that they're wrong. They're admitting that they lied about whether Ukraine was going to win. Now, why they're admitting that now, I don't know. But it's like the rest of them. Oh, it's right there. How did I, how did I miss that? So funny. Anyway, that, this is what I was going to end with. So the, David Sachs points out the Wall, the Wall Street Journal acknowledges that the narrative it's been pushing for months of a successful Ukrainian counteroffensive, a possible palace coup in Moscow, a Russian economy in tatters, or that's what it was, magical thinking. In other words, their coverage has been a fraud. This is the, the current status of corporate media. I mean, that's wild. Why? Because they're pointing you elsewhere. Well, or, but you know, interesting alliance with why CNN and BBC and everyone else starts. To, I mean, what's going on here? Maybe there's a reason they want us to start recognizing that they've been lying to us this time. I don't, I don't know how that makes sense. But at the end of the day, suddenly now they're going, yeah, you know, Russia's winning and that's always been the case. And oh, yeah, you know, and that's my point about this is we're probably going to get there eventually too. Where right now they're just acting like everything is Israel's on the side of good and fighting for freedom and blah, blah, blah. And we're winning. And I don't think that's what's happening. And as the world actively begins to recognize what's really going on in the true face of the Zionist agenda, people start to get uncomfortable because they're being charged with genocide. Biden, Lincoln, personally being accused and actually filed, served as with a lawsuit as being culpable and, and complicit in genocide. Do you don't think that worries them? I know it does, especially with how much they've lost control of this narrative. And I think we should all want that, right? I mean, some people in this country might have some weird reverence for the fact that you're not supposed to go after your president. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't care who they are. Your president, anywhere else, if they're committing crimes, they should go to jail. That's what we're supposed to pretend this is all about, right? Complicit in genocide? Is that supposed to be the diametric opposite of what we're supposed to be about? Obviously, these people should be in prison for what they're doing. The point is that everyone's beginning to see it, and I've never seen it closer than this to actual accountability for some of these people. 
So let's keep moving on this. Let's keep highlighting what's going on and not allowing even the BBCs and CNNs of the world to squiggle away from their complicity in genocide that they've allowed for 40 days until finally finding their conscience or really just their self-interest in allowing themselves to seem like they care. But thank you for tuning in today, guys, because, you know, we actually care. At the very least, I do my best to be objective. And I mean, I didn't mean to say I don't care. The point is that you guys don't, you shouldn't, I guess, blindly believe that I do. Question me like anything else. But I truly, I care so much about this in in so many ways that I swear I think about this stuff when I'm going to bed. I think about this stuff during the day, which it never used to be the case for me. I used to be able to kind of check out from this in a way that I thought that was something that, you know, kind of meant that I was meant to do this. But right now, this topic is resting with me. And I don't think that's even healthy, to be quite honest. But it's so obvious that this is one of the biggest things we've ever seen in our lifetimes in regard to the sheer numbers of people that are being murdered right in front of us. And it's almost being proudly displayed on the news. I just think this needs to be learned from. And we need to understand what this truly means. And And I know that you care about this, too. That's why you're here. So if you want to support this platform and continue fighting for the people that need to be fought for, then share the work, stand up for people that need this and support other independent media that are doing this in an objective, nonpartisan, compassionate way, not siding with one side or the other or two party paradigm, just whatever is the truth in their mind and doing so in an objective way. It's very rare, I think. And the people that are in that category seem to be boxed out of even being allowed to play the game, but we're going to keep pushing anyway. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Anyway, welcome to the State Department. I think we have some interns in the back. Welcome. Uh, Good to see you in this uh, exercise and transparency and democracy. (laughs) Is that what it is? Sorry, I thought it was. I didn't mean to break. I thought it was an exercise, (laughs) an exercise in spin and obfuscation. All right, can you tell us my last briefing before vacation?